Welcome to the 80th episode of the Cinefessions Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Shawan, and joining me tonight is Mark Nadeau. Hello. How how is life treating you this week, Mark? Ah, uh, like a bag of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a good thing. No. Okay. Uh, let's try it again. Okay. <laughs> How's life treating you this week, Mark? Like a sack full of hammers. Okay. <laughs> that's that's definitely an improvement. Well, it's a tool. I feel like a tool. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man. I have <laughs> we don't. I'm good. Oh. I have no complaints. Excellent. So, unfortunately, as we mentioned last week, Ash will not be joining us this week to wrap up the Resident Evil films because of some family commitments that he had, um, but he should definitely be back for episode 81. So, as for tonight, we are concluding our Resident Evil arc with a review of Resident Evil, the final chapter, which just released a couple weeks ago in theaters. Mm. And we uh, are going to announce at the end of this week's show the results of the poll and find out which company we're going to be arcing through next. So, I'm excited to reveal the winner for that one. And uh, we are actually going to be skipping uh, the Best in the Backlog Challenge this week, and we're going to talk about it next week when Ash is back, uh, just because of oh, crazy things. So uh, we're going to be talking about that next week. Crazy things. Crazy things. Not not crazy at all. We just <laughs> – so uh, I guess we'll talk about that now because we were going to uh, have two weeks off because I'm going on vacation, but uh, we actually decided that we'd be able to fit another episode in next week. Um, and what we are going to do is basically like a, like a, a bonus Resident Evil arc episode. We are yeah. going to be reviewing Resident Evil Damnation and Resident Evil Degeneration, which if you know your Resident Evil series, you know that those are actually the two animated films in, of the series. That we weren't planning on talking about, but we had this kind of this one week in here that we want to do something with. And so we decided that that would be a perfect way to kind of fill in uh, that void because uh, we were, you know, obviously we hadn't talked about these. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say there. I'm just going to fix that. But um. <laughs> all I know is that I thought I was out and you pulled me back in. That's right. Resident Evil coming back at you for one more week with the review of the two animated films. So, yay. Hell yes. And so, because we're doing the two and then I'm trying to get rid of vacation, that's why we are kind of uh, not going to add another film to those for next week, for that podcast next week. So, we are moving the challenge to round 17 of the challenge to episode 81. So, just look for that next week. Um, before that, though, we want to uh, remind everyone that we have a ridiculously easy way to win a $20 Amazon gift card, courtesy of us here at the show. All you have to do is go to cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars, fill out the 10-question form, and hit submit to enter. You just need your name, your email address, and which Amazon store is relevant to you. And then you need to pick a winner for each of the seven categories that are listed there, such as like best actor, best actress, best director, things like that, uh, best picture, obviously. Um, so the person who gets the most correct answers will win. If there's a tie, the winner is going to be chosen randomly. So we want to see all of our listeners filling out a form. So make sure you hit up cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars for an easy chance to win an a $20 Amazon gift card. And this literally just came to my head. So if the winner also has left us a review on iTunes, mm -hmm. I am going to double that gift card. What? From $20 whoa, whoa. to no, $40. No, no. You, you can't do that. I can't. We're, you can't put red on your ledger. I, I'm <laughs> Have we talked to Ira I'm about this? I'm doing it. 
you know man. what? I'm doing it. It don't matter. So I got to talk to my accountants. I know exactly. Send emails. Let them know the shit's happening. All right. So if whoever wins, whoever wins the Oscars challenge, if I go that day and see that you have left us a review on iTunes, obviously you'd have to use your say your whatever your name, your username, whatever the case is, some way that I know it's you that has left us a review on iTunes, then I will double. That $20 Amazon gift card that you've won, and I will make it $40. So I want to tell you, everybody, right now, I disagree with this. I think it's a cheap <laughs> ploy. It was not passed by any other of the, of the members of this podcast. That's true. Uh, I'm in disagreement. Well, that's when, when you say that, when I, when I speak the intro, I get to make these decisions, damn it. So <laughs> I gotta write me an intro because I bring it down to 10. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be better than mine, so you should. I bring but it anyway. down to 10. Exactly. So again, leave us a review on iTunes. And if you win this Oscar challenge, you're getting a $40 Amazon gift card. So make sure you go to cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars to enter in there and go to find search us the Cinefessions podcast on iTunes to leave us a review. And we you also what, You know what I do though? I bring it up to 10, but I yeah. maximize that 10 Canadian. So in the UK, <laughs> if you win, you get about three bucks. <laughs> totally worth it. Enjoy. Enjoy your gift card, Enjoy. UK. Yeah. That'll cover tax. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's an e-transfer. I hope there's no fees right. because it's out of your <laughs> price. <laughs> oh, God. And we also want to remind you, you can interact with us in a few different ways on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And finally, you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at one three zero two four four eight talk That's one three zero two four four eight eight two five five. We love comments, questions, concerns, what have you. So make sure you reach out to us using any of those services listed. And, and also, also make sure us, you can also send us nudes. I haven't received a good nude pic in a while on the email. It has been a while, hasn't it's been it? A long time. Oh man! And also make sure you guys are following us on uh, Instagram at Cinefessions. Mark and I, I and uh, sometimes Ash will be posting our media pickups there. So uh, definitely give that a follow if you haven't already, and like our Facebook page. Facebook.com backslash Cinefessions, and you can check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 79 podcast episodes at Cinefessions.com. And finally, we're proud to tell you that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial so all of our listeners can get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, for your Android, or for your Kindle devices. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. All right. So... Yes. Lots of excitement in that intro there. Lots excitement. of stuttering by me and all that good stuff. Some surprise, some right. disagreement. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Hey, it, it, it's, it's your ship. We can sail whatever direction you want. I usually like to sail with the wind. <laughs> you can do well, whatever you want. If Ash was here, he'd be on my side and that's two to one. So, Yeah, no, he probably would be on your side. He probably would. <laughs> I got I to gotta put my foot down when I just don't agree. That's right. Oh, man. So let me talk about my, I'll start with my week in media because it was pretty uh, lackluster. So sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll start there and then I'll let you talk about yours because I know you have a significant amount of things to talk about from your crazy 
days off. So I'm excited to hear about them. Yeah, I just want to, you know, a little uh, a little teaser. Uh, yeah. On one of the days I watched so many movies, my butt went numb. <laughs> Anyways. I believe that 100%. Go, go, go with yours. Yeah. So uh, this past week, so I purchased and I actually listened through the uh, Juno soundtrack on vinyl. Um, and I was able to find Stranger Things Volume 1 on vinyl, mm-hmm. which is pretty difficult to come by nowadays. Um, it was at my local record store, which was pretty exciting. And it was only uh, $25. So I was really happy with that. Now, Much did, you get the, did you get the black vinyl? Regular it is black? the black vinyl. Yep, yeah. It is the okay. black. Yeah, me too. What? I have that one as well. You do? Okay. So I was wondering if, because I know there was a variant, but I didn't remember what it looked like or what it was. Yeah. No, I didn't uh, get it in time for the, uh, it was like limited stuff, like, I think 500 copies. Oh, whatever special variant okay. they had, but honestly, it's a gimmick. It's like you know, comics back in the '90s, all the, like different variant covers and all the foil right. embossing and the holograms. It's a phase yeah, that's gonna you know just go away eventually. It's a gimmick that I fall for all the time because I love my colored vinyl. It's just gorgeous. Oh, it's pretty, but, but you know, as long as it plays. Yep, and it sure does. Yeah. I have not listened to the Stranger Things yet, but I definitely will be soon. Um, I was just excited to see it there. I was like, holy shit. And they had volume one and volume two. I only, I, I stuck with volume one for now. Um, but What's volume two? Is that, I, is that music based off, like just like, you know, like licensed you know, songs or is that more orchestral uh, cues? I, you, you, I thought you told me that you thought it was that, but honestly, I'm not sure. When I looked it up online, it didn't look like it was music from, it looked more like it was just more of the score, but I, okay. I can't be positive. I don't know. Yeah. So, like I said, I paid twenty five for Stranger Things, and I paid about eighteen for Juno. Juno, I f- I know a lot of people don't like that movie. Whatever, I fucking love that movie, and I really like the score. Um, the music, some of the songs are just really strange. Like I don't know, they they the the vocals on them aren't very good, but it's like intentionally so. It's kind of like a, a folk folky type of score. Yeah. Um, but it does have like the final song from the movie, which I absolutely love. Um, I listened to that. Uh, I think I actually listened to that one twice. I, I liked it uh, a significant amount, but there are some songs that I'm just like, eh, I could not listen to that again and be fine. But, you know, but, and what I like about the movie is that Ellen Page is so hot in this film. <laughs> You're just like, all right. Like, oh, like, bottom lip. You know, you know. Uh, I, I, the I'm, going to assume, I'm going to hope and assume you're being facetious, but <laughs> with child, my friend, with child. <laughs> oh God! Anywho, facetious. Defi- yeah. Siri, give me the definition of facetious. <laughs> Sarcastic. Excuse me. Oh, you sound like Mark, my wife. Mark, the <laughs> defin- uh, definition is hot prego teen. Oh yes. <laughs> This movie is very oh, facetious. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I ordered a. Go ahead. Uh, funny oh, enough, it sounded like you were about to do something. Yes, I, I was. Um, you know who followed me on Twitter today? <laughs> who? <laughs> the lady who does the voice of Siri. <laughs> I don't know why. Really? <laughs> How the hell does that happen? I have no clue. I have no idea. I just thought it was very so funny. funny. <laughs> is it like an actress? Like, yeah, it's, 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 okay. an actu- it's an actual person. Uh, let me just pull up my uh, my Twitter on my phone quickly here so I don't screw up uh, my web pages that are bookmarked. And uh, if I look at my notifications, uh, her name is Susan Bennett. She's wow. the voiceover actress and singer. Most of you know me as the voice of Siri. 
Or how about that? That's so weird. Catch I love me outside. It. How about that? Catch me outside. See, oh, I'm God. current. Yeah, I know. Word. I, <laughs> we had to like Google it at work because we were like, we don't understand what this means. And so we had to Google it to figure out what the hell people were uh, referring to. And but. this will be the high point of Dr. Phil for 2017. Oh, <laughs> for, <laughs> I feel like this is the high point of Dr. Phil for the last decade. What are you oh, talking about? Meme generator Dr. Phil. That's right. She's coming back on. Mm. And she got in a fight on a plane, too. I read that. That's I saw that, but I'm like, ah, oh, she's, she's not topless. She's fucking 13 years old. What? What she, the fuck? It, uh, but you know what? Uh, watch it on an LG TV adds five years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyhow, so yes, Juno, so hot. Yeah. Wait, we passed that already. We are. <laughs> Thank God. Um. I so facetious. Morgan, <laughs> Sorry. Morgan recommended me, uh, or well, he not to me personally, but he, uh, this person I follow on Twitter, um, he posted about this f- score from Death Waltz Records from a film called The Devil's Business on eBay, okay. and it was only like five dollars with four dollars shipping, something along those lines. Like I paid less than ten dollars for this record. And so I ended up buying it. Uh, it was a little sh- late shipping. The person said they had a family emergency or whatever. Um, but I just got it in today and the cover is gorgeous. I know nothing of the movie. Um, I've actually added it to my Amazon cart, but it's kind of expensive and knowing absolutely nothing about it, I didn't want to pull the trigger on it yet. Okay. Um, but he's, he suggested it. He loves Death Waltz records. Um, yeah. and he said it was a really good score. So for 10 bucks shipped, I couldn't pass it up and I really like the cover art. So. No, you'll spend 10 bucks on a Whopper combo. So yeah. what's $10 for a vinyl that you might, you know, even if you don't exactly. uh, like the music, the cover is actually really nice. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I definitely had to grab that one um, and uh, I'm excited to hear it. But um, I also listened to the Mumford & Sons album called Babel or, uh, or he says it like Babel. I don't but, know what the actual but, word is. Babel. <laughs> that could be it too. Babel. <laughs> But uh, I really like that album. It's really good. Obviously, that one's not for everybody, um, but I I really like it. I love that album a lot. Um, I actually listened to that one a couple times through as well while I was playing FIFA, and it's one that I really feel like will be spinning on my my record player pretty often. Now, Um, do you think the Catch Me Outside girl listens to Mumford & Sons? I highly doubt that. Okay, so it's not street enough for her? <laughs> no, definitely not street. No, nope, mm. kind of the opposite. They have a banjo, which I think is kind of like anti-street, but if I remember it's right. guitar-like. It's like it a, is. Like a guitar. Yeah. I think like in the street, though, they just kind of just like use their mouth to make sounds. Like, you well, know. you can use your mouth to make sounds. Yeah, I know. But I've seen it done. I've watched still, um, like 8 Mile. You know, they have it on there. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Um, have, you, have you been to 8 Mile? Have I been to 8 Mile? Yes, many, many times. Is it nice? Uh, it depends on which part of 8 Mile you're in. Usually, it's oh. just a lot of strip clubs, most of the part. Is that For nice? the most part. <laughs> I've not been to any strip club on 8 Mile. To be honest, I've only been to one strip club in my life. It was in downtown Detroit, and it was at my bachelor party. And that's the oh. only strip club I've ever oh. been to. I'm actually going to a strip club next week in Montreal. I've got uh, oh, yeah? two friends uh, coming in from Winnipeg. Oh, okay. shit. Uh, well, uh, if their wife and fiancé are listening to this, they're probably not. Um, <laughs> the, the Jets are playing in Montreal and Ottawa next weekend. Oh, okay. So, uh, we're, uh, they're flying in. We're going to do Montreal for two nights and then uh, Ottawa for uh, for another night. And awesome. uh, uh, we, there's a possibility we may get some smoked meat at Schwartz's. 
and we might okay. go to a strip club because that's what you do in Montreal. We don't want to go. It just I feel that we're forced to. So yeah. the thing is, though, you know, in the states you can make it rain with dollar bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Canada, you got to throw coins at them. How does well, that work? Coins, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that's going to leave a mark because that can whip them side hand, like right. pretty good. But like, what do you do with them? Do you just put them on the stage? I'm going to whip them at them. No, 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 no. I'm going to whip my my coins at them. <laughs> so like, you can get like hit you with your like dollar stick it in or... There. Oh, you're gross. No. No, I, gonna... I, I was going to say stick He's it in there. He's not a vending machine. I'm not going to put coins in her slot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like with the dollar bills, you stick them in like their thong or whatever the hell it is they're wearing. But yes. you can't do that with a coin. No, you cannot. That's why I'm going to whip them. I'm going to whip them. But what I'm going to do though is usually that they, they've got like tanner and stuff like that. So I'm yeah. hoping that if I whip it at them sidearm, it might stick. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, debating though God. because the toonie, which is a little bigger, has a little more yeah. heft to it. Right. Um, so I'm debating if I should throw $2 coins at them or only $1 coins. Mm-hmm. I am also against giving our listeners an extra 20 bucks. So I might stick to $1 coins. Right. Aren't those called lo- uh, loonies? They are because yeah, there's a loon on one side of them. Let that let that sink in if you never knew that before. Now, what I am hoping is that these dancers might play a game mm-hmm. where they make like a funnel with like a poster that they might have. And then you could throw the money into the funnel and if you get the coin in the funnel, then you get the uh, poster. Now, that said, I'd rather have them dance like they're in the cowboy era where somebody's <laughs> shooting at their feet as I am just <laughs> throwing coins at them. Oh, man. Now, it would Wait, be is fun. The- it would be fun to actually have like, a, uh, you know, you can roll your coins and just throw like, you know, rolled coins at them too. <laughs> that's $25 a pop. And that's it gets expensive oh. after five or six throws, you know. Right. But then again, now, is I'm that poster thing legit? I've seen it happen before. Yeah, wow. yeah, I've seen it happen before. Um, and this huh. is a reason why you don't put coins in your mouth because you don't know if Ew. they've been strip club coins. That's gross. We yeah, have that same. That, we have that same rule with dollar bills here in the states. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd rather have cocaine residue on my money than you know <laughs> dirty, dirty poutine smells on my coins. Oh man. Yeah. What else did you watch this week? oh goodness so um i don't know if i mentioned it last week or not but i also grabbed the latest uh mondo release uh, which was released last wednesday well yeah maybe a couple wednesdays ago it was uh the soundtrack for the film southbound have you seen that one uh, yes and i loved it okay have you seen the movie no i have it from netflix now and i haven't watched it yet but oh it's i saw it last year i think i saw it last summer and uh, for a compilation, I mm-hmm. dug it big time. Good. That's what I've always heard. And so I really wanted to grab it. The cover's gorgeous. And uh, what I heard of the soundtrack, sampling it uh, looked, was pretty good. So I decided to grab that one. Yeah. Um, I got that one a couple of I guess I got that one last week, received it last week. Um, and I'm just waiting on the two Twin Peaks albums that I got from Mondo, um, which should be here by Monday. So I grabbed the Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me soundtrack and the Twin oh, Peaks Original Score LP. So Okay. They have a really cool, like, minimalistic cover art on them, and I really mm-hmm. like it, so I'm excited to get those in. And I believe it's also die cut, where, you know, the black sleeve has, like, the zigzags, and then yes. you pull out the actual, like, uh, vinyl, I guess, gatefold, and it's red. Kind of like how they did with the Mad Max vinyl. Uh, oh, I didn't know they had a Mad Max vinyl. Oh, Mondo has a Mad Max vinyl. 
Oh, okay. I don't know if they're still available now, but you know, funny, mine's still shrink wrapped. Uh, oh, really? But yeah, I picked that up as soon as I saw the movie for the first time, and then it got released on vinyl. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it's a fucking fantastic uh, score. But again, awesome. I have not. That's for the it original yet. film or the new one? No, Fury Road. Okay. Fury Road. Yeah, I'll take a picture of it. I don't think. Uh, well, it's probably been like two years now. Um, gotcha. I'm yeah. sure it's probably not available. <laughs> Oh, you never know. You never That's know. Maybe true. on secondary markets or but, something. Well, you know what, though? Um, I've looked through their catalog a bunch, and I'm, I've not seen it because I feel like that would have stuck out to me. So I would guess that it's not. Gotcha. Yeah, because I, when I, really when I first started collecting, I was like going through that shit all the time. And I'm like, uh, what do I not have that I want? Well, my but, first Mondo disc was the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And uh, I got it for the art, to be honest with you. But it's really yeah. cool. So yeah, obviously, I got when my Volume first, 2 comes Black out. Christmas. Yeah. Funny how like, what, four or five weeks ago, you're saying, oh, no, I just want the one album. You know, I'm not going to start mm-hmm. collecting. Right. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. That first disc was a gateway drug. Yep, exactly. It really was. Yeah, so, but, so delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Mad Max isn't available, unfortunately. Just oh. searched. So lame. I, I wonder how much it is on eBay. I'm going to check it out right now. I'm going to check it out right now. Um. So... As for movie purchases, I uh, had a $20 FYE gift card. And okay. uh, since FYE isn't close to me, we made a trip out there um, and decided I was going to spend it no matter what. So I, I'm going to kind of sidetrack and tell you a story because okay. um, it's ridiculous. So we went out. So we live in Allen Park or whatever. And so it's like Monroe. There's a city called Monroe, which is about 30 minutes south of here. And there's a mall there that has um, FYE and it has a store called Vanity, which is like a women's clothing shop that my wife likes. Okay. Um, and so – we decided to go there. And so we made the, the trek down there, which isn't too far. Obviously, it's only like 30 minutes, but still um, further than we normally go to go to a mall. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we get down there. I'm driving around the back of the parking lot. I got, you know, obviously I drive a, a newer car and um, we're going back and all of a sudden they're like, driving behind the back of the lot. And all of a sudden I hear like this screeching, like it sounds like someone's murdering a cat. Like I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. So I stop, I, I get out, I'm looking around, like it felt like something was dragging. And so like I didn't see anything. We st- go a little bit further, hear it again. I swear to God, something is dragging on the ground. Like it sounds like metal on cement. I'm like, what is happening here? Okay. And so I get out again, pop the hood, don't see anything. Now I am not a car person at all. This is why I bought a new car. Well, I'm leasing. This is why I got a new car. And my wife has a new car because we don't like dealing with car shit. And so we spent them, we spent more money on getting new ones as opposed to getting an older one because we didn't want to deal with it. And like, I'm pissed. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So we can't figure it out. I call my dad who is a car guy. Like he spent his whole life dealing in some shape or form with vehicles. And so, um, I'm like, yeah, this is what's going on. Like, can, you know, he's like, well, put me on speakerphone, see if you can make the sound happen again. And at first we couldn't, he couldn't hear it. And then all of a sudden, um, it was really loud again and he heard it. He's like, oh shit. Like, okay, I don't know what that is. And so my dad lives in Rochester Hills, which is about 45 minutes north of where I live in Allen Park, which means it's about an hour and 15 minutes away from where we were in Monroe. And him being just the amazing person that he is, is like, well, if you call AAA and they're just going to take it to the close or, or you're the thing I have through like my GM lease. If yeah. you call them, they're just going to take it to the dealership and it's Saturday. It's going to sit there through Sunday. You're not going to have a car for work on Monday. And I was like, like, you're right. Like this, that sucks. And so he drove down there to help us out. And so that's when we went into the mall and did all our shopping. Okay. Um, and so he gets down here. We, he brings his Jack 
He lifts the car up, tries spinning the one tire. Nothing's happening. He goes to the driver's side, spins that tire, and you immediately hear it. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, that's what it is. So we take the wheel off. And he looks back there and he's like, oh, son of a bitch. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, I was thinking, like, the axle, like, the tire rod broke. Like, axle snapped. Like, something, the wheel was going to fall off. Like, I didn't want to drive it. Something horrible has happened. Yeah. He looks down. And I don't know what anything's called, but it's like there's these two metal pieces where like the brake would – where the brake would be. Okay. So it's kind of behind that. There is a pebble, probably the size of a pea, stuck back there that was grinding when it spun on the metal. So he goes and gets the and pops it out and it's perfect. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So he drove all the way out there to help us. To knock a fucking pebble out. I'm like, oh my God, it felt so stupid. But you couldn't see it if you didn't have the wheel off. And I didn't have a jack or anything. Yeah. And so, yeah. So my my dad, bless him, an amazing man. I'm very, very fortunate to have an awesome family. And uh, he helped us out again in our time of need and drove a ridiculously long way to take off my tire and knock off a pebble. So that's what, that's what parents do. That's what yep. dads will do, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. so... Awesome. So lucky. Um, but yeah, just a ridiculous, like ridiculous story. And so of course my family is making fun of me at uh, the Super Bowl party <laughs> the next day. I was like, oh, shut up. You weren't there. I couldn't see it. Damn it. Exactly. But, yeah. So yeah, that was my stupid story for the, for the week. Um, but while we were in FYE, so I had this gift card that I had to spend and uh, I was like, so first off, the the clientele at this mall was like trashy as trashy gets like you have these two guys they're probably in their t- mid-20s maybe a little younger there's kids in this store and they're just talking about fuck this fuck that uh oh yeah we beat his ass oh and one guy's like oh i can't imagine you hanging out with anybody that's a bitch and blah 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 and it's like Word. just having this most ridiculous story with like kids around and they're being loud it's like how what what a trashy fucking like way to present yourself like with families around like I don't, it just pisses me off when people do shit like that. But um, anyway, so we were like, let's just find something and get out of here. Cause like, I'm tired of listening to these two idiots. And so um, they had it and Salem's lot, which actually just came out pretty recently on Blu-ray, obviously two okay. Stephen King adaptations. I don't own either of them on DVD or Blu-ray. And so they were only like 1299 each. I think they're like 10 bucks each on Amazon. And I was like, you know what? I have this gift card. Like, let's let's buy these. So I ended up getting those. And actually, uh, one of them was only $9.99. The other one was $12.99. So um, they weren't badly priced at all compared to what you get them on Amazon. But then at the um, counter, they had um, the ring and the ring two, two DVD set. And mm-hmm. normally it was like 12 bucks marked down to seven, marked down to five if you make any other purchase in the store. So I was like, you know what? I don't own either of these on Blu-ray because if I remember right, um, The Ring was a Best Buy exclusive Blu-ray that didn't have a ton of special features. And The Ring 2 was never released on Blu-ray if I, if I'm, if I recall correctly, at least here in the States. And okay. so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to get it. And so I ended up buying it because I want to watch both of those. And it actually has uh, – The Ring 2 has rings. Not the new movie, obviously, but the like the short film that was the um that kind of takes place in between the, Ring One and Ring Two, yeah, yeah, and that was included as a special feature. So I ended up paying like six dollars and change out of pocket for all these things. So it was a, it was I'm very happy with what I ended up picking up. So I got it, Salem's Lot, and uh, on Blu-ray, and then the Ring and Ring Two on DVD from uh, okay. FYE. So that's pretty good. That's actually very good. Yeah. So going back to Mad Max, 
Yeah. Uh, the Mondo uh, edition of the vinyl, um, it's going for about 200 bucks Canadian. So it's probably like a 150 US. Oh, the, wow. The uh, original soundtrack with just uh, the car and Matt, uh, Matt Hardy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Um, that's going for about 60 bucks. <laughs> so it's still, okay. still a $6 disc. Yes. At, at least. At least. Pricey. So. Yeah, a little pricey. I think Discogs had a copy of the Mondo version for 80 bucks Canadian. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's just, I guess it's available if you want to pay the the premium. But it uh, it was released for, I think, 39 bucks on uh, on Mondo. How much? 39? Either 39 or 30, oh, okay. you know 35. So That's not bad at all. Yeah, so I got mine for 35 plus shipping. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, is, How much is shipping for Canada from Mondo? It's only five bucks for us in the States. Yeah, it's a little more pricey here. I think it's twelve. Okay, um, but now if I get, let's say, a pin and then like a vinyl, then it'll come into boxes, so the shipping will be higher. Or if I get a poster, and so really, I try to stick to the same items for one order. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's a little expensive. But I, I think either shipping it to Canada or shipping it to the border, it's almost the same price. I think it's only a few dollars off. So I'm like, mm. you know. If I have nothing already at the border, I'll just ship right. it here for next to like four or five bucks. Mm-hmm. What's five dollars, you know? So yeah, exactly. it's half a whopper combo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Speaking of that, so I'm just in the story mood, I guess, tonight. Storytelling mood. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this um, hockey game at Joe Louis Arena tomorrow night. It's called the Duel in the D. And what it is is Michigan versus Michigan State. And they have this really badass trophy. The first year was last year. Last year's game happened to be fucking phenomenal. Went into overtime. Michigan lost, unfortunately. Um, but it was just a great game. And it was packed, man. You never... I go to college hockey games at the Joe all the time. I've never seen it as crowded as it was last year for Duel in the D. And so we want to go tomorrow night, too. We want to go tomorrow. Well, fucking... The ticket for general admission is $18. Fucking Ticketmaster raises the price to $27.40. And so it's just the principle of it. I don't want to pay that much in in fees. And so um, we actually talked to my mom and dad and my sister and I are going also and then a couple of my friends. um, And uh, I told my dad, I was like, let's check this store. It's called Hockey Town Authentics. They kind of work as like a Ticketmaster um, outlet or like a they sell tickets there. And so I call them and I was like, do you guys sell these? And they're like, yeah. And so fortunately, both my parents or my, my dad works minutes from there and my sister lives minutes from there. Okay. And so he went there. And so what he got was four tickets, four pops and four slices of pizza for $48. That's Holy only shit. $12 a ticket and you get a fucking pop and a slice of pizza. When I was about to pay 53 or 55 bucks for just my sister and I's ticket for general admission with no, nothing extra. So, man, what gross. a deal. Yeah, that's yeah. what ProGem has been rallying against Ticketmaster all these years. Yeah, I you fucking know, hate Ticketmaster, man. I'm done buying cheese? shit if I ever can. Oh, it's disgusting. It's absolutely yeah. disgusting. But – Anyway, um, I'm going to let you talk here in just a sec. I just want to say I didn't watch uh, like any other films this week, um, okay. but Bridget did start watching The Walking Dead again randomly, kind of picked up mm-hmm. it toward the end of season one and has been watching through it. Um, I really enjoy the series. So I've been watching a lot of episodes with her. Um, she's getting actually to the point in season three where I stopped. I think it was like episode eight. It was the mid-season finale of episode or of season three. And so once she gets to that point, I'm going to actually like continue on watching with her through the rest of it. I'm hoping we can knock it out pretty quickly because the new season starts Sunday, which I don't plan on watching as it airs anyway. But yeah, 
want to get through it. Um, and then otherwise, I've just been spending a lot of time with FIFA 16. I started a new um, MLS season with the Philadelphia Union. I just, I love that game. It is so much damn fun. I really want to get FIFA 17. And I'm disappointed that I picked up Pro Evolution Soccer 17 as opposed to FIFA 17 because I just, it doesn't have, it's not licensed like FIFA is. Mm-hmm. And it was a pain in the ass to get the, to get all like the real names over to it. And you still, you can only have like 20 teams in the MLS when the MLS actually has 22 teams. And so it's just annoying. So it's like, man, and the gameplay is not that much different. It's like, ugh, I should have just grabbed FIFA 17. But speaking of games, did you, yeah. uh, did you modify your NES Classic? Oh, yes. Thank you. How did I not talk about that? I don't know. Oh my man. God. It is fucking badass. So I, um, I was off Thursday because I worked on Saturday. So I get a day off during the week. So I happened to be off on or Wednesday. Today's Thursday. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm bored. Like, what am I going to do? And I was like, you know what? People have been talking about how easy it is to mod, to, to mod the yeah. NES Classic. And so I was like, yeah, let me take a look and see. Well, it's even easier now because there's this program called, uh, what's it called? Hackchi2, H-A-K-C-H-I-2. Okay. And so all I did was just Google this and I found a YouTube video that walked me through it. And... um it was very easy, especially with this program, because it basically does all the work for you. All you're doing is literally just following the steps. You plug it in your computer and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing you have to do is find a download pack because he can't include it in the video. But in his comments, there's multiple packs listed. And the one oh I downloaded God. was off of Google Drive. It has all the ROMs. And so oh. download that, plug it in, follow the steps. It probably took me eh, maybe like a half an hour. Um, just because you have to like let everything load, sure. uh, but it downloads all the box. You can tell it to download all the box art for you for like all 700 games, um, blah, blah, wow. blah. Like super easy. And I have um, like the only things that you can't put on it are the games that required the gun or required the mat or required like uh, like a special sense. controller. Right. Sure. But otherwise, like the entire NES library is now on my NES Classic and like save states work just like it normally does um the uh like there's the box art shows up normally it it looks as if when you turn it on it looks as if you were it was made to do that like so there's enough room for everything yes exactly exactly so somebody posted on there like would you be able to make a save for every game and it's like no but you're there's no way you're going to play all these games and make a save state for them you know what i mean so that's not really a big deal yeah um but it's super easy and it's badass and then i was able to find um and put on there they have tecmo super bowl which is like one of my favorite sports games of all time and they have like the 2017 2016 2017 nfl season and an ncaa version of that with they picked like 32 of the most like uh, well-known and prestigious um, college football teams. And so I was playing Michigan versus Michigan State, and it was fucking bliss. It was awesome. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. Only reason why I'm not like rushing to try to find one online is still because I pledged for that retro, en- uh, retro right. engine Sigma. Yep. Um, but if it wasn't Which, for that, I would be seeking a NES Classic right yeah. away. No, <sighs> yeah. If I yeah. didn't like my wife, my wife bought it for me. Yes. Uh, it was basically just an early Christmas gift. And yeah. so that's why I have it. And so um, that's why I did that. Cause I wasn't, frankly, I wasn't using it very much, but now okay. they have Tecmo Super Bowl on there. You can bet your ass I'm going to be using it. Oh, that's um, fantastic. But yeah, speaking of the retro gen classic, that's getting closer and closer to fruition. Uh, we talked about that months ago when we both mm-hmm. pledged for it. Yeah. And uh, we, I know you and I both just made our color selection our, yes. and our controller selection. So I'm really fucking excited for that to come out because it's going to just be awesome. 
we should get ours by June, and that's really not that far away. So no, even it's June, okay? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm pretty much. I'm pretty sure it's June for us because we were early backers. I um, thought it was April for us when initially we backed it. What? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, April would be even better. I yeah, thought it was don't... June. I, I I swear I remember reading when we backed it that it was April. Done and boy. Then there's Done like boy. a. Oh. Right. oh, I'm sorry. I was getting a boner. I was like, I was like what the fuck? You don't have a dog? What's happening no, right now? No, no, no. But I have a raging. <laughs> uh, I, was, I got excited there for a second. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a good point. But, yeah. So, I've talked way too much. Uh, let's talk I can, about I your weekend. for hours. Uh, <laughs> my, my weekend meet has been okay. Um, I... I watched a few movies at work. I watched a few movies at home. Um, I'm going to just discuss a few here. Um, I'm going to start with on Tuesday uh, because it's a cheap Tuesday at uh, the Cineplex in Canada. Yeah. So I decided to go with a triple feature. <laughs> uh, thus, the <laughs> teaser about the numb butt, which right. actually moved up to the taint to the bottom of the balls. Um, <laughs> but we don't do in specifics. So oh, I started my day off with uh, Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. So I won't discuss that right now. Mm-hmm. But that was the first movie of the day. Um, then I moved on. I met uh, Melissa, and we went to see Split, the M Night Sh- uh, Shyamalan film. Uh, Shyamalan. That, uh, Shyamalan. Shyamalan. What did I say? Shyamalan. What's L A N? So land does make sense. That's it does. You know what kind of uh, what are you guys doing tonight? We're oh, going to a land party. We're not going to a lawn party. Yeah, we're going to play some GTA. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, I should have talked about the other thing. Okay. Let's back up. At okay. work, I did watch one movie um, because I got a few flicks last week in the mail. And I finally got a copy of The Visit by oh, M. Night yes. Shyamalan. I guess it's his brother, Shyamalan. <laughs> Fuck. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I had never seen it? it before. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, I don't okay. want to. I, I could. It's right in front of me here right now. Oh, okay. But let's gotcha. pretend I'm dumb because I throw I throw loonies at girls, so I'm I'm stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know they just shouldn't take off your tops. I'm just saying, <laughs> don't take off your top. I won't pelt you with money. Okay. Capiche, oh, capiche. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. So I had never seen the visit before. Um, only reason why I had not seen it because it got great buzz is because uh, I just didn't catch it in theaters and then I finally got it for cheap on Blu-ray. And uh, have you seen The Visit? Yes, I have. What did you think of it? <laughs> I really liked The Visit. You know, me, I did. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I dug this. Now, the reason why I'm watching a lot of horror movies at work right now is that my boss is out of town. He's been on a cruise. Oh, Okay. He, so we watch horror movies at night because like from or we watch movies at night because mm-hmm. like from midnight to six a.m. we're just struggling to stay awake. Um, <laughs> so on night shift we watch movies, and since he's gone and he doesn't like he doesn't like supernatural horror, so oh, things that okay. bump at night that will jump out at him he doesn't like. Uh, so we last two weeks we've been watching a lot of horror movies and stuff. And what I love about that is that another coworker of mine he jumps and screams at everything. Oh, that's so, me. Okay. Oh, do you really? Oh, you absolutely. Jump scream? Absolutely. Oh, I must have lost that nerve back in like 1997 because yeah, I bitch. have not jumped or screamed at anything in a long time. <laughs> oh man, it, it sucks. I wish I could revert. I, I wish I could like heal myself and not yeah. see what I've seen. 
I've seen things that will make you turn white. <laughs> you. Um, so yeah. Um, so watch the visit. I really, and this is the thing with movies. I try not to learn too much about movies. I try not to learn anything about trailers. Like I saw that there's a new trailer coming out or pardon me, there's a new movie coming out in, in a few weeks by one of the guys from Key and Peele. Uh, what's his name? Um, is it, is it the movie? Is, I think it's called Don't Move or Don't Go or something. Uh, I don't know. Sounds not familiar. Movie. Uh, Key and Peele. Uh, it's called Get Out by Jordan Peele. Oh, okay. I've seen the tra- I saw the trailer twice on Tuesday, and I think it shows way too much of the movie. That said, Wait, it which, looks awesome. Yeah, which I might have seen that trailer. Which what is it about? This is the one where uh, boyfriend and girlfriend are heading back to girlfriend's parents for the weekend. I guess. Okay. Um, girlfriend is white. Boyfriend is black. And mm. girlfriend not tell the parents that he's black. She doesn't think it's a big deal. He's got his reservations. He gets there and things are weird. Everybody's oh. acting weird. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to see too much trailer. about it. Um, you know what? It's You can get the, the, the trailer on YouTube. I would suggest not to watch the trailer because yeah. I think just too much is shown. Um, still, I think it looks awesome. Um, oh. Yeah. So, I don't like seeing – I don't like getting trailers. I try to do a media blackout when there's movies I really want to see. Mm-hmm. Um you know what? Because I want to get there and want to get entertained. I would love to jump and yell, but right. I probably saw the jump and yell section in the trailer, so I'm not gonna right. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the visit, I didn't know the gist of it. You know, kids go see grandma and grandpa that they've never seen before, and it gets weird. Yeah. Um, it got really weird, and it's <laughs> oh, really yeah. good. Like it's it. really good. Um, yeah. There- I, again, I. I don't want to. I don't want to devolve. I don't want to spoil this because the movie's still pretty recent, and I liked it so much that I don't want to spoil it. But the two kids in the movie, um, Olivia Dejong, D E G, probably D E J O N G E, she plays Becca. She's probably like 13, 14. and then Ed Oxenbould, who plays Tyler, her brother, who's a little younger. He cracks me up. Oh, he's hilarious. I know. Both kids are solid in this film. Oh, um, absolutely. Honestly, the movie is them two and the grandparents. You know, with the yep. mom thrown in once in a while on Skype. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly yeah. them four. The grandparents are fantastic. Um, the kids are amazing. I tend to use the same adjectives over and over again because all the words in my head are French. Um, but <laughs> you know what? This movie is worth checking out. It's like... M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, you know, he peaked early with Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unbreakable was still Unbreakable. great. I'm not a big Unbreakable fan. I need to rewatch it, especially oh, really? after watching Unbreakable Split. Unbreakable was like his, his first one that really nope. put him on the map. No, Sixth Sense did. Six no, Sense it was, was Unbreakable first. and then Sixth Sense. No, Sixth Sense was first. Really? Yes, because he went to the Oscars with Sixth Sense. Then his follow-up was Unbreakable, so everybody's expecting a twist. Oh. And then I think then he kind of went downhill a bit. Um, again, oh. you you liked Signs, right? Signs is one of my favorite films of all time, without yeah. a doubt. Yes, I didn't. I liked The Village. I hated uh, the Lady in the Water. Um, he seemed. What did to- you say about The Village? I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh, I liked it. Okay, see, I, I didn't- was I was so disappointed with that one. I did not like that one. Yeah. 
I thought it was okay, but you know what? I'm a big Bryce Dallas Howard fan. Oh, okay. And you know, like you know, redheads. I got to think redheads. <laughs> um, I still haven't seen Lady in the Water. Oh, don't! It's so bad. Or you know, yeah. do it if you're having people over and you guys are drinking and you gotcha. want to riff track it. Mm-hmm. It is. I hated the film. I really yeah. great cast. Hated the film. Funny enough, Bryce Dallas Howard is in this one as well. Oh, um, okay. She could not save this movie. She couldn't. Um, yeah. Oh, and the happening, I I despised. Really? Honestly. See, I, oh, dude, I, I, there's, ugh, I don't know. People, I feel like you're not alone. I feel like people feel so strongly about disliking that movie, but I thought it was fine. I don't know. I didn't oh, dislike it at all. The acting is I so enjoyed. bad. And, and like Mark Wahlberg, he's very hot and cold with me, but yeah. he is yeah. so, like the act, his acting is so frigid and Zooey Deschanel is so bad. She's amazing in New Girl, right? She no. is horrible in this film. Horror. Oh, it makes. Oh, I, I see. I, I just disagree. I don't know. I just had a stroke. I haven't uh, watched it in a significant amount of time, though. But I would I say, liked leave, it when I saw it in theaters, leave it collecting dust on the shelf. I, yeah. I, I would not recommend that at all. Um, but then he came out with Devil, which I liked. I haven't bought, but I did like when it came out on Netflix. Yeah, he was and just then, the writer of that one, though, right? He didn't actually. Uh, I thought he directed one. this one. Let me just click really fast here. I'm cheating. I'm looking at his IMDb. Oh, you know what? But... You're right. He did not direct this one. It's John Eric Dowdle who did yeah. it. Yeah. Did you did you say you liked Devil or didn't? I, I liked it, but not enough for me to buy it. You see, I uh, I didn't really like it that much when I saw it in theaters. Okay. Um, and I liked it a little bit better when I watched it a second time. But I think I just like watched it on Netflix or something. Okay. And with you, I didn't like it enough to buy it. Yeah. The thing is, is like, you know, the the lead actor is the Schnozberry guy from mm-hmm. uh, Super Troopers, who is married to uh, the girl from Mad Men, the redhead. Uh, anyways, I'm, oh, I'm sidetracking okay. here. Again, redheads. Yeah. Um, so, like, <laughs> I, I like the devil. Um, and then I think this was his first movie. I guess I guess this is his first directed film since Lady in the Water. Or is the happening yeah. before Lady? Or no. Yeah. Happening uh, is he did Last Airbender, he did After Earth, and then he directed that episode, the first episode of Wayward Pines. Okay, so he's been pretty shitty for a while then, because The Last Airbender I did not watch, because, well, when I don't like the source material, I'm yeah. not an anime guy. Right. Um, yeah. And it got panned. And what was the other one? Oh, After, After Earth. Earth. With Will Smith and his son. I don't like Will Smith's son. That's I what just, everyone says. I've not seen After Earth, though, either. I, me neither. I just don't like So to me, that would be a casting issue. I just, I'm not a big fan of Will Smith, and I like his son even less. Yeah, <laughs> I, oh, I'm I not a fan of his spawn, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't see that one either. Um, so I guess the visit. Well, I guess so. This is only two years old. Um, so the visit is a step back in the sunlight for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So I saw the visit. Really dug. Really liked it. Fantastic film. So then the, I went. Oh, final the, thoughts I, on the visit. Yeah, sorry. I just I like talking about this. There was um, – I'm not going to say what happens or anything, but there's a scene under the house that mm. I was watching this by myself in my new theater at the time in the basement. And I, it was dark. I nearly fucking died. Like, oh, it scared the shit out of me. Oh, it's it's great. Those Loved grandparents it. look so yeah. lovely. I know. And then you can just turn in the dime, you know? My my boss um, hated this movie and was trying to get me not to see it. And then I watched it and told her how much I loved it. And uh, she that now 
she's like thinks that that's like the worst of the bad horror movies that I watch. I'm like, oh, you have no idea the oh. shit I watch. She does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, no, she does not. Uh, you but, know, if her phone isn't password protected, you should add it to, to her podcast app. <laughs> I would do that to everybody you work with. <laughs> she, she has started listening at points because she nice. thinks it's funny, but he, that's about it. He deserves a raise. Damn right. Especially since he's giving an extra 20 bucks to some schmo listening exactly. to a podcast. <laughs> I still disagree with this. Uh, oh, man. All right. We, so, can, we can move past the visit now, but yes. I do like that one as well. Yeah. So, so the visit, decent. Like, it's good. It's worth buying. I loved it. Um, so then... His, uh, his next film, that's uh, Shama Lanlon's film, is Split, which came out uh, – did it come out in late December? I guess it did, eh? I think, uh, well, I think you know so. What? No, it says here January 20th, USA, oh, okay. 2017, but it says 2016 in France. So I guess – I think it was at Fantastic Fest last year. Yeah, it could have been. So it was doing yeah. – um, yeah, They call uh, Resident Evil the final chapter 2016 film too on IMDb, which I just disagree with. I disagree with that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did do the festival circuit last year. Um, so this did play, and this was one of the uh, secret screenings, I think, at Fantastic Fest last year. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so Split. Have you seen Split? No, I have not. And I really want to. Oh, you know what? If you have the chance, you should. So the story goes is uh, there's uh, three, no, there's a girl who's having a birthday party. And three of her, uh, two other of her friends are at the end of the party waiting for a ride father offers to drive everybody home girls get abducted by uh, james mcavoy um who uh plays uh, a schizophrenic with uh, 24 pers- or 23 distinct personalities mm-hmm. and we're about to discover the 24th so that's the big tease of the film okay. so these girls get these girls get abducted and uh held by him and his various characters interact with these girls. Hmm. McAvoy is fantastic in this movie. That's what I keep hearing. Oh, man. Like, I've always liked McAvoy. Um, he's played a lot of decent roles. Um, he's got some movies on Netflix that never went to the theaters in, in North America, which are amazing. Um, so I really dig the actor. And this was a fucking uh, buffet for him because he could eat up the scenes with all different characters. He, uh, you know, he played uh, he played a fashion designer. He played uh, uh, a woman. Uh, he played an, a nine year old boy, and that's just three of the characters. You know, I, I, again, I don't want to spoil any of this because these Shyamalan Lawn films, um, the fun is the least you know going in. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, th- this movie is fantastic. And the lead actress, um, it's Anna Taylor Joy. And I'm like, fuck, I've seen her before because she, without feeling it's sounding creepy, she's only 20 years old. But I'm like, I've seen those lips and that sounds creepy. <laughs> so I, I know, right? I know that sounds bad as I'm turning 38 this year. I'm like, oh, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen those lips before. And the reason why is that she plays Thomasina in The Witch. Oh, I've not seen that. Okay. Oh, oh, that's that's another that's another movie that is fantastic upon multiple viewings. The first time I saw it, I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Second time I watched it, I loved it. Hmm. You have to be in the right mind frame for it. Yeah. Um, because it's a it's a slow burning film, but it's so good. 
I just, the first time I saw it was in Austin at Fantastic Fest and I was hammered and I expected <laughs> something and I got something else. So I was like, eh, not my cup of tea. Right. I'm glad I gave another shot because it is really, it is really, really good. So she plays the lead in The Witch and she plays the lead in Split. So for an actress to be only 20 and to have two fucking awesome genre films under her belt already, right? she has got a fantastic career ahead of her. Um, That's awesome. I'm not sure what else she's ha- she has coming up here. I'm going to click on her right now. Um, but, oh, she's also in Morgan and a movie called Barry. Oh, I guess that's the, um, I guess that Barry is the uh, Obama flick that's on Netflix. I have oh. not watched that. And Morgan, I heard that wasn't very good. Um, so I've. Oh, really? I was kind of yeah. wanting to see that one. It looked interesting. But... Well, my, my buddy Andy saw it and he's like, yeah, you can pass on that. It looked oh, kind of okay. generic. You know, what's oh, yeah, it? Yeah, definitely Netflix? did. Uh... I think I will see it, but uh, yeah. So she's she's been like in five six films, I guess, according to IMDb. But The Witch and Split are awesome. So I really recommend Split. Um, again, I don't want to talk too more too much more about it because I want people to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really good. So uh, at this point uh, of of the day, went to Montana's. It's like a steakhouse. Oh, I had okay. I had two pounds of chicken wings. And they're pretty meaty chicken wings. And uh, usually I'm struggling at the end of the second pound. I'm like, ah, I can't, I can't finish this. Mm-hmm. I was so hungry. Split made my juices flow so hard that I'm like, you know what? You know what, Melissa? I can probably have a third pound of wings. I didn't, I didn't because it's something called cholesterol, right. but I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to end the night on a high note. And uh, we went to see Rings. Okay. The third in the Ring um, Ring saga, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this takes place years after Ring. T- Honestly, I don't remember Ring 2 that much. I don't I either. It was I watched good. it once, hated it, and never came back to it. Is Naomi Watts in Ring 2? Yeah. Now, does she get killed early or something? Like, you know, where she comes back and she gets killed? She gets whacked <laughs> off early? I honestly have no idea. I would love to see Naomi Wax get whacked off. Naomi <laughs> Watts. That'd be awesome. Oh, man. Uh, I probably can Google it if I really wanted to. Um, yeah, so Rings uh, does not follow that storyline. It's a whole new scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really good. Um, I guess the main actor that you'll uh, recognize is Johnny Galecki from uh, the, the uh, Big Brain, uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Brain. I love Johnny Galecki, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Vincent Norfrey was in it as well. Um, oh, he okay. shows up later on in the film. Um, but uh, Johnny Galecki is just the first big star you'll see. Mm-hmm. He plays a, well, he plays a professor that is, this, that's, you know, investigating the whole Samara thing and whatnot. Um, mm. uh, honestly, I don't know how much I want to talk about this just because if I get too deep into it, then it kind of spoils some stuff too. Yeah. Pretty much he gets students to watch the tape and then he's got like people to watch the tape after them so they don't get killed and it continues on to down the chain type of thing. Hmm. Um, now the lead, apart, the lead actor, lead actress, I don't recognize them from anything. Lead actor is Alex Rowe. He's best known for the fifth wave, which I did not see. Oh, it's fucking horrible. Okay, uh, he plays uh, he plays um, Evan Walker in the Fifth Wave. I yeah, that's something I'll probably watch on Netflix. 
So I don't know this guy. I thought maybe he was the guy that was going to play Legion in the Legion X-Men TV show. Because I oh. found they look very similar. But it's not him. Um, and the uh, main actress in the movie, her name is my, uh, Matilda Anna Ingrid Lutz. Known as Matilda Lutz. <laughs> and she is best known for nothing uh, nothing North American. I think this might be her first uh, North American film. She does have some uh, Spanish stuff. Um, she, or, or could be Italian. She's born in Milan. Uh, she's very pretty. She's not bad in this film. I think just the movie itself is bad. Yeah. Um, so I blame more just the the script more than the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can you say about Rings that hasn't been done already? You know, or the, even The Ring. I found the film to be a lot of a redo of the first Ring movie. And oh, maybe okay. missing that says a lot. Yeah. You know, trying to find Samara and put her to rest. That's exactly what they did in the first film. And that's exactly what they're doing in this one as well. Um, so you thought she was sleeping in the first movie. Guess again, she's awake. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Um, don't waste your money. I saw this. It cost me six bucks. Am I going to buy this on Blu-ray? Maybe just because of, you know what? I don't have Ring 2. So no, I'm not going to buy this on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, unless it's it's gifted to me or unless I win a $40 gift card for Amazon. That's probably right. the only way I would watch this again. <laughs> um, so total disregard. So that's enough for, for rings. Uh, it's, it's too bad. I like Samara. I like the idea of rings. The whole, you know, rings on the plane, um, is just like the, the, the pre credit sequence of the film. Um, so whatever you saw in the trailer, it's like a five minute thing on the film or on, uh, in the film, which again was a cool sequence, but then that's just that. Then it just moves on to whatever next path the story goes. So it's too bad. Yeah, I've avoided um, the trailer for that one because I heard it gave away stuff. Honestly, it turns out I, it, it didn't, but it felt like it was before people saw it. They thought it would be giving away stuff, I guess. Well, you would think that the whole plane thing would be one of the major, you know, like end yeah. sequences of the film. That's what I thought. And it's no, actually it's the beginning, right, right? It's right at the beginning. So I was like, whatever. Um, so yeah, that, it, it's a pen for me. Um, last film I want to talk about, and I uh, it was the only entry I've done for the A to Z challenge for uh, this uh, this last week. Mm-hmm. It's a 1985 uh, film called Pray for Death, uh, which has been released on Arrow Video um, by Arrow Video on Blu-ray. Yeah, so it sounds uh, familiar. I just can't picture it. Yeah, you know what though, I, I didn't recognize it either with the uh, new, I guess, uh, box art that they have for it. Um, oh only, yeah, okay. Only reason why I bought it is because I know very little of Arrow Video. Mm-hmm. And I was in the States picking up some packages, went to Walmart to just try to raid some more Blu-rays for cheaper. And it was on for like 18 bucks US, which to me was like, well, that's about 27 Canadian. It's like going for 32 Canadian. So I'm like, oh, that's a deal. So I'll buy it. So I blind bought this completely. So I know nothing of it. Um, I am so glad I did. Yeah. Because... I don't think I'd ever watched this hmm. ever just, just, just by the box art, you know, I, again, because I know Arrow video is quality kind of like how screen factory is and how, um, draft houses, they select their films carefully. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not as much screen factory with some of their recent releases, but anyways, <laughs> um, so I knew this, you know, they, they picked this movie to be released for a reason and it's so good. So, um, uh, story here is over. Uh, first of all, I, I should say, like I said in my Instagram post, 
Um, I know very little of 80s martial art films and 80s ninja films because there's so many ninja films that came out in the 80s, like American Ninja. Um, You got uh, the – well, I saw Best of the Best. That's more martial arts. But uh, the whole ninja craze in the 80s, I wasn't a huge part of because I like Transformers. Um, So this one is based in 85, and it stars Sho Kosuki, who apparently has done a lot of ninja movies in um in the 80s so he stars this one where he's a corporate businessman who decides to start a small business and his wife is american she's from hawaii so they move to america um i can't recall which town it is could be chicago could be detroit um but they arrive in america and they open a like a grocery store business uh like in a skid rowish area a really low income area and at the same time, the local uh, gang or mob or whatever, they're using the building that they've got their business in as a drop point for merchandise, for trades, cash for jewels, drugs for jewels, whatever, you know. Um, so some dirty cops drop off a, a necklace that's worth a lot of money. Um, the cop, one of the cops steals a necklace. So then now the, uh, the gangsters don't have their merchandise. They think it's him or they think that he might know what happened to the merchandise. He has no idea. He has nothing to do with this. And he gets entangled with the mobsters. Um, so he has to, after some tragedies, he has to rely on his ninja skills because, ah, lo and behold, he's a fucking ninja. And he goes one man berserker ninja army against the, um, against the gangsters. It is fucking awesome. This movie is amazing. Um, it's got action scenes. It's got fight scenes, obviously. It's got car chases. And it's got 80s car chases where a car just taps another car. They both explode. There's some nudity. There's some gore. But not overly gory. But still surprisingly gory. Um, yeah. And on top of everything else, it's got this awesome 80s theme song that I would love to get on vinyl. It's just, oh, it's, it's, it sounds Pat Benatari, you know, oh. <laughs> or, or Pat Benatari, you know. Uh, right. Yeah, it, so good. I totally recommend this release. Now, again, I didn't get a chance to go through all the special features. Apparently, there's an R-rated cut of the film on the disc. So I'm not sure what I saw, if it was an unrated cut, uh, because you saw boobies. Um, so, and I'm assuming what I saw was r because uh, it had it had a lot of violence and language and, and boobies, um, so this special cut, I'm not sure what exactly that entails. If it if it's uh, a theatrical cut, and what I saw was like a director's cut, I don't know. I never really dived into it. But the special features, the picture is awesome, the sound is awesome. I totally recommend this release. Yeah. Um, again, without diving into special features, just for the film itself, it is a solid '80s crime ninja film um and again i would not have known about this if it wasn't for that chance encounter at a walmart so thank you walmart yeah <laughs> yeah and it's only like 19 dollars on amazon us yeah and for for an uh an arrow film which at least in mm. canada they average about 32 bucks so they're not cheap they're like the vestron films um i i jumped at it in the st- uh, when I, I saw it you know in person in the states so uh yeah, they had at Walmart. So you have your chance to to find it in the in the aisles. Go ahead and pick it up. It is totally worth it. Hmm. So that's pretty much all I've done um, between work 
and the few films I watched, uh, that's, yeah, that's my week in media. Awesome. And I just want to point out, it was just um, a little bit ago, John Carpenter on Twitter announced that um, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are joining the project to complete the next Halloween film. He said, David and Danny will write the script together and David will direct. And he's going to continue as an executive producer role. Um, And he said, I might even do the music. Maybe it could be kind of cool. And you'll get to see it in theaters October 19th, 2018. Oh, a year. So that is pretty interesting. Uh, Now, Chris texted me. was like, wait, I'm supposed to be excited for that? Like, that's the director of Pineapple Express and Your Highness. That's true. But it's also the director of Joe and um, George Washington and Undertow, which I've not seen those. But I've heard really, really good things about all those. Um, and uh, was, what's that? Your Highness was f- good for for a comedy, a medieval comedy. I like Your Highness. I remember you actually were talking about that. I think like last week or something. Re- really recently, you were just oh, talking about that one. That was the Knights of Badassdom. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought for some reason you were talking about that one, but oh, it's and then other of, people, uh, yeah, yeah, and others were pointing that um, Danny McBride uh, really knows his his shit when it comes to horror and like you know i like him as an actor i don't know that's just what people i've been reading on twitter uh in response to that so and that's actually what i think carpenter put on here so well i I like danny mcbride i find him kind of one note sometimes you know when he plays himself in movies um and apparently his his latest tv show vice principles is amazing um (laughs) yeah that one i haven't watched yeah, I haven't yet watched, but uh, you know, I, I like the cast because I also like uh, what's his name, who plays the other, um, who plays the other vice principal, the guy from uh, Halloween, uh, uh, from the first, from the Rob Zombie Halloween, and he's in the Shield. Shit, I don't know. I forget his name with the teeth. With the teeth, you know, he's got the big teeth. Um, uh, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins, yes. Oh, he I plays love him. Vice, yeah, he plays the other vice principal. So one of the Tarantino films, uh, J- not Django, but the other one, or maybe he was in both Hateful Eight and Django. No, he was in Hateful Eight. Was he in Django? He might yeah, have been one was. of these this, this Brados in Django. Yeah, he was in both. No, he Hateful was. He got shot in the balls. Yep, exactly. Or no, he got it. He got he got his ball sack ripped out, right? Because that he, was in Hateful Eight, right? No, no, he got shot in the balls in Hateful Eight. But in Django, doesn't Django like slice his nuts out? Because he's the one that's uh, that's got him tied up at the end, and he escapes. Right. Yep. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at uh, I'm looking at Dan McBride's uh, IMDb right now. Yeah, he's only and... directed like one episode of uh, Vice Principals. Yeah, but I'm just looking. Like, is he going to star in the in the, in the uh, next Halloween film? I I doubt it. He says that. He's actually just going to write the script with David Dor- Gordon Green. Uh, mm-hmm. David Gordon Green's actually going to direct. So, because I don't see anything horror mm-hmm. related that he's acted in, so maybe no. he likes the genre. Awesome, I love the genre. Right. I'm not going to write a Halloween movie, but uh, he's got clout, um, and I like him. So yeah. let's say Carpenter. Carpenter wrote, David and Danny both came to my office recently with Jason Bloom and shared their vision for the new movie. And wow, they get it. I think you're going to dig it. They blew me away. So, so the next Halloween film is that a Bloomhouse film then? Say it again. I'm sorry. Is that going to be a Bloomhouse film? The next I, Halloween? I would imagine. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. You know, now, you know, and I'm okay with this just because, well, now the Friday the 13th film, uh, the reboot got uh, canned again. So, that's done. 
Um, so bring on the next Halloween film. I'm up for it. Mm-hmm. I know. I was disappointed that the Friday the 13th film wasn't happening anymore. That's had so many starts and stops. You know, yeah. it's it's probably best that there's no new one since it's bad. You know, if you want to make another uh, uh, Friday the 13th film, make Jason X2. Put Jason back <laughs> in space. Give me some more Hell Uber yeah. Jason. Love that. Love it. All right. So... Let's move on to our review for the week. So we are going to be talking about Resident Evil, the final chapter from 2017. Now, this one, um, there will be spoilers, which obviously is a little shittier because this one's in theaters only. So that's really the only way you can watch it. Um, But I don't really know how we'd be talking about it without talking spoilers at this point because that's what we do on this podcast. So um, if you've not seen Resident Evil, the final chapter, I would definitely recommend pausing seeing the film and then coming back and hitting play because there will be spoilers for this and the rest of the series. So keep that in mind. Mm. All right. So this one is written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson yet again. It currently has an IMDb score of 6.2 out of the 12,680 votes, has a Metacritic score of 49, a tomato meter of 33%, and an audience score of 63%. It had a $40 million budget, which is about, uh, what, $25 million less than the last film. Um, and it currently, or as of February 7th of this year, was had a domestic gross of $23.1 million. Now, obviously, we know from the last film, it's going to make most of its money overseas, but I didn't see, I don't even know if it's released overseas yet. I'm not yeah. sure, but I'm sure it'll make a ton there. Um, so this is kind of uh, interesting in that this is going to be the very first review of, uh, like, for our main review in a podcast of a film that we actually saw in theaters. And so mm-hmm. what that means is that because we're not rich, we're not going to see the movie multiple times uh-huh. and we're not going to be able to take notes during it, which I don't know if every all of us do, but I know I do very a, a bunch of notes as I'm watching, like anything that pops up. Um, and as I was watching, I was like, damn, I wish I had a way to take notes, but like I'm not pulling out my phone. I didn't bring like a tab- tablet to paper, you know, to write down on a piece of paper, anything like that. So. Um, basically what I did was watched it and then came home and try to write down everything that came to mind as it came to mind. So, uh, might be a little different than normal, but I actually have quite a bit written down, which shocked me, but <laughs> I, I did something similar. Uh, yeah. when I got back home, I uh, went straight to the bathroom and took a number two. Yeah. <laughs> it's very similar, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So very similar. Yeah. So let's talk about this one. All right. So yes. First thing I have uh, down here in my notes, so I, there was a couple spots where the the like continuity was off. Now, that doesn't kill the film by any stretch, obviously, but it was just kind of bothersome, especially uh, when I noticed it most was right toward the beginning. So Alice is um, fighting on top of the tank. She's fighting Dr. Isaacs. Okay. And um, in some shots, you would see the army of zombies behind them and to the side of them and whatnot, a certain kind of uh, half surrounding this tank. And then in other shots, there was nothing there. It was as if the army disappeared. And at one point it was so blatant that I thought maybe they like sped up and the army couldn't keep up. But then in, in like a couple shots later, the army was there again, the army of, un, of the zombies. And so that doesn't kill a film if that's not terrible. And it wasn't terrible here, but it was a little bothersome because I really thought that they could do, given that this is such a large film, like all you got to do is add in some of those effect shots. You know what I mean? Like 
keep it consistent. And I thought that uh, it was surprising that they weren't able to do that throughout the entire thing. Did you notice that at all? I didn't um, just because I was focusing more on the story and how it felt so convoluted with her, with her opening monologue about what's happened since, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it seems unless I'm incorrect, but it seems like they rewrote some of the history from the first few films and it got me completely frazzled to be honest with you. Um, So I'm wondering, go ahead. What do you think they rewrote? What do you think they changed? Is there anything that you can remember specifically that you thought, wait, that's different? Well, the whole story with how uh, Umbrella started up between Dr. Isaacs and his, and what's his name? Uh, let me go back here. Um, so it started with Isaacs and, um, and uh, shit, the guy in the wheelchair. Wasn't he the guy in the wheelchair? See, the way I understood it is that the, guy from Resident Evil 2 mm-hmm. with, with the daughter. Yeah. He was one of the co-founders. But then in the recap, it seems like it's another doctor, not in the wheelchair, with this another girl with the same predicament. Am I completely wrong? See, this is where is, I is, really is wish... Isn't is Marcus in the second film and he's the guy that's telling Alice to go save his daughter at the high school? Yes, that person does exist, and the girl has basically the same type of disease because that's why he created this T virus. And you're right. Now I'm saying it, and this is why I wish Ash was here because Ash is really, really good when it comes to like story beats like that. Like he just is very yeah. good at shit like that. Um, but from what I recall, and I didn't think of that at the time, but I think you're you're right. Doctor Ashford, he was he was Jared it. Harris in the second movie with the shitty glasses, little tiny yeah. glasses that covers yeah. his iris. And <laughs> the reason why, and then his daughter was injected with this virus, uh, with the T virus, because she was sick. But then when the movie starts, it's a different it's a different beginning where uh, this doctor is not in a wheelchair. His daughter is sick. So are you telling me that two doctors that are brilliant have two similar sick daughters and they started the T virus at the same time? Right. I, so, so right off the, right off the bat, the film got me all like out of, bent out of shape because I'm like, well, that's not the story you've told in the previous movies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So um, like, unless I'm I- wrong. Uh, you know, and we both could be, I don't know, but I feel like you're right. And I didn't think of that before because the only thing that threw me was they added in this whole Alicia storyline. Like it's just this brand new addition to this universe. And it's yeah. the only way really that the end of this m- film works. And it just bugged me that like they put in such in, – in literally just a couple lines of dialogue, such an important like plot point that's yeah. going to affect the entire series as we know it. In kind of this first like two two minutes of dialogue, that just bothered me. But now that you mention it, I think you're right. And it also bugged me that they said that the first – basically that they knew that when a person died, they were going to turn into a zombie because they show that scene in like the the sky. I don't – whatever you call that thing where like you travel across the, the sky. Um, with, like the little boy who dies and then comes back in a zombie. You know what I'm talking about? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Um, they say that's the first time that it happened. And I, that, I mean, could it be? I guess. But. Okay. I, Actually, you know what? No. So, according to the Resident Evil Wikipedia. Okay. Dr. James Marcus. He says here he is an American um, 
virologist who pioneered 20th century viral weapon research, one of the founders of Umbrella. And in Apocalypse, J- Jared Harris plays a Dr. Ashford. So they're both doctors who work for Umbrella, who both their daughters use the T-virus, I suppose. So they're two different people. Okay. But, but didn't... Hmm. So Ashford didn't create the T-virus? Isn't that what we learned in the second film? That's what I thought. And he was injecting his daughter secretly because she's sick, right? Um, but apparently not. Apparently mm. it's James Marcus and Dr. Uh, Kane. Uh, what's his uh, Dr. Isaacs. They're the ones who founded, but Marcus had the issue with, you know, killing everybody and monetizing this. And Isaacs yeah. was the dark, the dark horse. So, yeah, so fuck me, but the way I understood it with the second uh, Resident Evil is that it was Dr. Uh, it was, ah, fuck, what's his name? Go back Ashford. Here. Ashford that, that did this, but no. But well, the thing is, Marcus was never even, was he ever even mentioned in the previous five no. movies? I don't remember that. Marcus, no. I No, that's what I'm, I not that I recall at all. And that's what I wish they would have had. Now, obviously, you have to have your entire series written, and you don't have to know where you're going in order to do this. Yeah. But I wish there was hints through the, of this throughout the throughout the rest of the series, kind of yeah. small things that maybe you wouldn't get on the first time through. But if you were watching them again, you'd be like, "Oh, okay, this ties together." Yeah. And as someone, as a group of people who are watching this, and all of our listeners are probably watching through with this with us, it it's just. Ah, it bugged me that they have such. They just add this in like it's nothing, like it's been there the whole time. And it's the only way the end of this film works, which is also the only way the end of this series works. Yeah. And so that it's just like, man, I don't know. I just wish it was more thought out, I guess. But yeah, and, and apparently he's in the video games, and then Marcus uh, becomes a, I guess uh, he becomes a um, boss level character. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, um, in the movie verse. I don't recall him ever being mentioned. And I don't that's either. what got me. That's a, yeah, that's what got me all fucked up to begin with. Because then mm-hmm. I'm watching um I'm watching her her speech and in the background, you know, where all the screens become her face. Right. I did see a picture of Jared Harris. So I was completely confused. And that's Ashford? And, yes. And okay. you would think after at the sixth movie, there's no more confusion about backstories. Right, exactly. You know? But without so, it, they don't have an end of the series. Yeah. And, and that's what happens when you're trying to stretch out a three-movie deal into a six-movie series. And, you know, you didn't get yourself – like, you didn't write an arc. You're just like, okay, this made money. Let's write another one. Let's write exactly. another one. And that's what I don't like about these movies is that it's so fucking step-by-step. Step. It's like, okay, uh, this movie made $60 million, Let's do another one and another yeah. one. And it's like, ugh. It- and the other thing that bugs me is that this movie, as as uh, as big of a waste of time we thought Resident Evil Retribution was last week, <laughs> with this movie and like two lines of dialogue, it makes it even more pointless because yes. they just changed basically everything that we learned from that movie, which was which was uh, as we talked about virtually nothing, but the little bit that we did learn, they just changed the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, and what bugged me big time as well is that spoiler alert um the red queen now wants to help oh okay first of all mm-hmm. the end the end of uh, the last one which which one was the last one retribution retribution yeah retribution. 
So they pan away. They're they're patented, uh, you know, every movie, there's a big pan away at the end right. of the film to like hordes of zombies at the White House and the army's there and they're fighting. Mm-hmm. We don't even get that in this movie. I, we get the you. fucking aftermath. Yes. What the fuck, man? Why I was even, so pissed. How does everybody die? Ev- literally everybody who was there must have died except Alice. Let us see how the fuck that happens. That's such a huge, important moment in this series. How do you yeah. not show us that at all? Or even mention it, really. They don't even mention, really, that what happened. Like, what happened no. to her daughter? Not her real daughter, but you know what I mean? The daughter character. Hey. You said she wasn't going to be here, and you're absolutely right. They don't even mention it. Put in a line of dialogue that said she lost her in that attack or whatever. Something to tie well, up that loose end. Give Alice a fucking locket with her picture. Right. You know, like just something to tie in the previous film. Yeah. So, so you know, you finish a movie with this huge encounter. You don't see any of it. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Wesker's still alive. How the fuck did he leave? We don't know. Right. Um, what happened to your characters in the movie? Jill Valentine. She's not even mentioned in this movie. No. Ada Wong, who you fucking shorn in the last film. Yeah. It's not in this movie either. Um you do get to see Claire. She's she's back. Mm-hmm. Where's Chris? Where's Leon? Yeah. There's nothing. And you know, you, you bring back all these all these clones. There's no Melissa Rodriguez in this movie. Um mm-hmm. this the previous film was a fucking ripoff. It did not have to happen because this could- movie the yeah, last chapter watch- did not lead or the final chapter did not need the previous film. Exactly. You could watch, this could be a five episode series and you would literally miss nothing from Resident yeah. Evil Retribution. Yeah. You wouldn't get a, a scene with some cool spinner hubcaps in the previous movie, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, there was wasn't n- that, that was two films ago, the spinners, weren't they? No, that's the last movie. Oh, was it? Okay. Because that's where they were in the Russia sequence. Oh, yep, yep. You're absolutely right. Yep. You know? And they don't explain the monster, the flying monsters. I know. And it's how me. do you introduce this really cool monster, which I thought looked awesome? Yeah. You introduce it, and it's your only new monster you're introducing to this film in the final chapter. And then you only use it once, and it's like a one-on-one fight. Like, yeah. how do you not use that at least one more time throughout the film? Yes, you. they bring her back at the very end. They bring that yeah. creature back, but it's nothing. They don't do anything with it. It's the end of the film. Yeah. Yeah, I. It's disappointing because they could have done something really epic to mm-hmm. start this movie off, and what we get is a fucking three minute narration, yeah, which confuses the the watcher. At least confused me, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and and this movie is supposed to take place three weeks after the previous film, right? That's why they kept mentioning, oh, you know, it's been ten years. It's been ten years. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's been fifteen, sixteen years. But right. since it's three weeks after the last movie, it's ten years. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, I was, I was really, really puzzled. I'm glad this was the first movie of the day because I was scratching my head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I did like how the film looked. Uh, you can definitely tell that it's um, the most modern film out of this group. Um, just, it felt like the digital age finally really hit the series. Um, like they yeah. used, I don't know, not shaky cam, but just it felt more like a loose cam. I don't know what I want to call it. Um, the shot selection. Um, and I thought it looked really good in that aspect. And I really liked the filming locations and just how it looked overall. So I would definitely like that aspect of it. I have to disagree a bit. Okay. Now, did you watch this movie in 3D? No, I did 2D. 
Okay, I did Which, 3D. God. Okay. And I found a lot of the film hard to watch because it's in darkness a good third of the film. That's it, As soon as we left, I said to Bridget, thank God we didn't watch this in 3D because there were scenes that I could barely see what was happening in 2D because it was so dark. If it was in 3D, I wouldn't be able to see shit. There's deaths in the movie that I had no fucking clue who died until we got to a scene that was lit properly and I could see who's left. <laughs> That's crazy. I was so – first of all, the, the, the fight scenes mm-hmm. are so cut up. Oh, my – that was my – probably my largest complaint in terms of the actual filmmaking was yeah. how much cutting they did, how much editing. It was very rem- reminiscent of uh, the second one, Resident Evil Exta- – um, whatever that Apocalypse. one's called, Apocalypse, except about 20 times worse. Oh, dude. Yeah. God, that uh, bugged me. Like the whole thing where they're in the pit and they're in the tunnel, or, yeah. you know, even the scene with the uh, with the blade, with the big uh, with the big air uh, yes. blade. Um, I had I had tons of difficulty seeing who died. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the fights in before that, I'm like, okay, yeah. well, okay, the black guy's still there, the Russian looking girl's still there, mm-hmm. um, the the doctor's still there, but like they they bring in two guys, you know, who guess who survived the tanks yeah. to join them, and well, one death I missed completely because I didn't know that he had died. Mm-hmm. Like I, between that and then, like they brought the dogs back, which I kind of like the dogs. Yeah, I they, they looked, looked big cool. and yeah, they looked pretty cool. So I got nothing against the special effects, but I have an right. issue with the darkness and the in, the speed of the cuts. I couldn't focus on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly, really I was just wondering if it was my theater who just like needed to turn the whatever like to turn the brightness focus. up. Yeah, like, I don't know, no. whatever they do to make it brighter. Um, but now that you say that, I know it wasn't. And so that's really disappointing. Like, I'm so glad yeah. we didn't see it in 3D. Yeah. Um, that first scene where she's she sees the motorcycle and this kind of like where she gets captured. Like, yeah. why do you have to have a cut every quarter of a second when nothing is really changing? Like, you had like six different shots of one bullet going off. It's like, why is this cut up so much? What this in the is- hell is the point? This is the most music video-ish Resident yeah. Evil, I think, so far. I, I right. really do think that. And I really felt like we've, as a film, uh, where the we are in the world of film right now, I feel like we're kind of past having to make that quote-unquote MTV music video style. Like, they don't yeah. see that as much anymore as you used to five, ten years ago. But, man, it was back with a vengeance in this one. I just, like, Why? Why do you have this to fit is, 12 cuts into a 10-second clip? It just It's jarring, and it doesn't make sense. It It's hard for us to understand what's going on when you do that. This is why this series has to end this film. Mm-hmm. There really isn't anything else they have to say about right. it. They let it rest 10 years, maybe 15 years, and then they can bring it back again as like a haunted house film or something. You know? <laughs> right. Proper, you know? Um now, now this film does match the style of the previous films, mm-hmm. so I guess kudos on him for that. It's just not a style that I enjoy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even that scene where you know with the with the trap and and the motorbike, I'm wondering are those are those umbrella guys or are those Red Queen clones? I'm at a point where I didn't know who was the bad guy anymore, just because she gets the the message about how she wants to work with the queen, but she can't kill any employees. So I'm wondering if it's actually, you know, Wesker's using her clones or yeah. if, you know, you know, because in the, in the previous film, she was attacking any human being and now mm-hmm. she wants to, now she wants to save humanity. Oh, th- this movie just, 
so, it stretches your skin to a point where it's it's dry and it's about to crack. Yeah, like what was I going to say? So the um, fact that she wants to save humanity now. So it, that that for me kind of tied into the um, very first film because w- what is she trying to do? She's trying to lock down the hive because yeah. she doesn't want the virus to spread. That's what she's programmed to do. Yes. And so it kind of made sense to me that if you go with it, that retribution, Wesker was just lying. The Red Queen is not trying to take down humanity. It's just Umbrella trying to do that, basically. And so it kind that part kind of worked for me um, just because it I felt like it made sense in terms of what they've told us up to this point, I guess. What was the point of, the whole, of all the scarabs in the previous film then? You know, and how she's taking over humans and she's controlling them and she's making clones to, to wipe out the populations. Well, the, weren't the scare, I mean, I guess I could, ex- can, can you explain that away as just being Umbrella? As being Wesker? But I thought that was her. I thought it was the Red Queen. I don't know. I thought, I don't know. You know, this, this, yeah, this, this series, I don't want the seventh one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really don't. Speaking of the Red Queen, I hated that they had to change the face and the voice of the Red Queen. Like, I completely understand why this had to happen, um, but it was still just a major disappointment for me because, like, the Red Queen is just iconic to this series. And it was such an important character. And it's just disappointing that it has to be somebody different, that they didn't have enough, like, effects shot from the first, you know, couple movies that they could reuse it here. But at the same time, though, like it's like the Red Queen CGI. I don't know why they couldn't use the model of uh, you know, like the first few films, just to right. keep that's drawing. A, yeah, them. that's what I was thinking. Exactly. Um, but now, two things about that. One is that this movie was supposed to be released in 2014 with a 2013 um, ske- uh, shooting schedule, but oh. got delayed because of Mila's uh, pregnancy. Oh, so that's okay. one of the reasons why there's so long between films. And, and she two, still hasn't fucking aged at all. No, Mila. Mila looks the same. I know she looked a little more ample in the bosom in this movie. Wrong um, with that? No, I'm not complaining. But <laughs> she looks exactly the same. She's flawless. Yeah, um, she is. And the Red Queen in this movie, it's mm-hmm. her and Paul W. S. Anderson's daughter. So oh it's wait, I didn't kid. know Paul W. S. Anderson and Mila Jovovich were. Oh together. yeah. Oh yeah. I think they met on the first film, and oh, they've okay. been together ever since. Interesting. Yeah, so it's their kid that plays Red Queen in this movie. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, go ahead. You said you had a couple things. Was that you want to say your other thing? Oh, there were my two little things. Yeah, those little tidbit trivia things. Okay. Yeah. Um, so going back to the Red Queen a little bit here. Yes. Um, the fact that the Red Queen had Alice put on that earpiece to tell her that someone in their group was working for an umbrella was really disappointing. Um, when it happened. I was actually kind of excited to see how that would work out. And it was, and I was also certain that it was going to be Claire. Um, but when it wasn't and turned out to be Doc, I was like, okay, so what? Like it ended up being completely and utterly useless. Yes. Um, I would have, I would love to hear Anderson's thoughts on why he thought it was necessary to put that in there. And I'm also curious if, um, some of the plot line of that was cut out for time's sake because it just felt half baked in every sense of the word. See, I thought for some reason it was Ruby Rose who played Abigail. Um, just because she's so pretty. I thought for sure she'd be the one that uh, was uh, – ca- that's the one that welded, uh, I guess, the – Yeah. The, well, the camera did yeah. like show her face first when um, yeah. she yeah. was told it. So I had that. I was like, oh, maybe. but 
And, and just to, to know here, uh, this uh, Ruby Rose, which up until this movie, I did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in Orange and New Black, so I'm going to have to watch, start watching that. Oh, and okay. she's in uh, John Wick Chapter 2, which comes out next week. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and I'm definitely watching. Oh, she's also in that... Uh, the new triple X film, but I'm not going to bother with that movie. Um, but yeah, I, I liked her a lot. She was very pretty. Um, I thought she was very but, underutilized though. Well, I, well, I was just talking about that. Like, Oh yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just gonna say like the, the, every other person in this film, except for Dr. Isaacs and like, um, Alice basically. And, and obviously, um, uh, I always, Claire yeah. was just basically pointless. Like the oh. entire group that she goes in with, they're, they, you don't know anything about them. I didn't give a shit about any of them yeah. when they were dying. Like you literally, and then those two people that you were talking about that joined that survived the, um, like the cult thing that was happening in the tank. Yeah. Like there, every other person in that film was just there for fodder to oh. die. Yeah, like the guy, um, Christian, who played the guy who didn't trust Mila, you know, with the yeah. gun and all that stuff, wanted to be uh, the leader. Yeah. Two things about him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one, his death, I didn't know he had died because it was one of those dark scenes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm like, so I thought he'd be more of a prominent character. And he gets dispatched pretty early in their little journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that. And the, the other thing uh, is the uh, another darkness sequence that somebody died the chick uh, rola who's called cobalt in the movie i don't even I, know who that is i thought that was the chick i, I thought it was till tequila oh she, yeah <laughs> that's so funny because i thought to myself is that tila tequila <laughs> yeah i know you're talking about that yeah, yeah she had like no point in the movie at all but to die None whatsoever. Now, apparently, she's a big. Uh, I, I guess she's a, a model in J- in Japan. This is her first film role, so there's a lot of the Japanese, I guess, TV and whatnot. Um, oh. so I don't know who she was, and I didn't get a chance to really see her because it did, she wasn't lit. So I thought that was a wasted uh, a wasted cause. And what pisses me off the most is that looking at the notes um, or the trivia is that the producers didn't want to bring back Ada. Or Leon or uh, Jill in this movie to have fresh faces so they can bank more money. Or what was the actual quote? Um, let me go back here. Uh, so Leon, Jill, Chris, and Ada are not invited to come back to hire fresh new bankable faces. Mm. People we don't give a fuck about because they're going to be cannon fodder. Exactly. You know? Like the most character depth we get out of literally any of them is that Claire is fucking Doc. And that's it. Yeah. And I and I guess that's what's supposed to make it quote unquote shocking that Doc works for Umbrella. Like what, well, I, who gives a fuck? It's my, weak as hell. My guess is is that Capcom did not want their main characters to die. Yeah. So they didn't want Lynn Kenny to die in the movie. Well, even though Barry died, but he's the only thing in the first in the first game. I don't follow the chronology very well. Mm-hmm. Um but like I guess their main video game characters didn't want to die on film. So they got these schmoes that we don't give a fuck about. Right. And then you know they, they walk to the pit for the first time and there's like eight or nine of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking seven are gonna die right away. Right. Or, yeah. or, or before they get to the to the end, you know? Yeah. Um one thing I will say that was better about this one than the last one was that at least people were dying. Because the last group that we met in Retribution, no one would fucking die. <laughs> like, everything was happening to him, but people wouldn't die until, obviously, Barry dies toward the end. But 
otherwise. Well, and the two others that do die, they're not even recognizable or right. memorable because it's, again, it's throwaway characters. Exactly. You know, one guy's Sergey and the other guy's, uh, I think, uh, uh, a Spanish person. Yeah. But we didn't get any story on these guys, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's what I don't like about these films. Like, it's pretty predictable on who's going to live and die by just knowing the video games. Right. Right. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, the idea that Alice, a, a complete outsider to this group in this tower that they're staying in, was able to come up with all these traps and weapon ideas and like, it, it had to be like two or three hours that she yeah. was there. It was just so ridiculously unbelievable that it bugged even me. And so I'm sure it must have, you must have something to say about that. Well, but that is like, oh yeah, we have lots of fuel. Sure. Great. Let's, let's dump all the fuel on these zombies. It's like now they're making catapults and they're using their fuel reserves to destroy some zombies. Right. Uh, no. <sighs> and everything yeah. happened just so quickly and really flawlessly. Yeah, they lost a couple people, one or two, but I mean, really, and, it and, works so and, well. And the fact that they almost threatened the safety of the whole tower yeah. for one girl at the uh, oh gate. Oh my God. That Oh, I forgot to write that down. That pissed me off so <laughs> fucking much. Why in the fuck would you do that? Like, yeah. Oh my god, it was so dumb. So dumb. Yeah, I, I was not a fan of that. I'm like, every life is precious, I know. But right. if a, a, a yeah. horde, like, what I like though, so many zombies. It yeah, looked really were cool. So many. But are you, gonna, are you going to threaten this? And she's threatening the safety of people that she doesn't even know. Exactly. Like, it'd be an issue. Uh, one thing, if you know she lived there for months and garnered mm-hmm. you know relationships with these people, right? But she shows up and tells literally them what hours. to do. Yeah, yeah, literally, you know. And they're like, "Okay, Alice, we know best because you're friends with Claire. So right. maybe let's go mm-hmm. do this." You know. Um, yeah. yeah. If I was the type, be like, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then that character, I don't remember his name, the one you were talking about, who was like, "I don't trust her." Christian, is that him? Uh, let me go back here. It is. Uh, I lost the. I, I think it's the, Christian. A uh, Christian, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, what was the point of him not trusting? Like, nothing came of that either. Like, there was no point for him to even say that he didn't trust her, because then seconds danger. later, yeah, seconds later, he's like, "Oh, I was wrong." It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you so did good fun. there. We only lost a few people, but we have no more fuel, so I guess right. we'll get cold now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, another pointless addition to this whole film uh, was Isaac's clone, the clone, which we don't realize is clone until later, obviously. But yeah. the obsession with, with the Bible, like, wh- why was this added in? And where did it come from? What did it add to the film? Like, See, I like that. Oh, It was something different, you know? Um, he becomes a fanatic because I think he knows that everything is, you know, everything's over. And he just hides behind a Bible. And uses it to uh, to follow to, to 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 add fuel to his madness. I thought that was pretty fun. I'm like a, a, a religious zealot, you know, where he, you know, the book is the way and the book is the word. And if you don't follow me, then you're dead. Um, well, I know glad. for a fact if I ever see that guy in public mm-hmm. and he asks me for a glass of water, he's gonna have to stay thirsty. I'm not gonna give him a glass of water. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> I'm getting stabbed. Uh, um, I, I'm glad that it, it added something to you, but like, man, for me, it didn't do a damn thing. And I really, I felt like the only reason they added it was so that Isaacs could compare what he was doing to the Great Flood, and it just that was felt like the only reason that this Bible thing was brought up because I, I felt just pointless to me again. 
just that and when the real Isaacs comes out of cryogenic uh, sleep you know you can differentiate between you know the the crazy <laughs> religious right. and the actual umbrella co-founder mm-hmm. and that's yeah. one of the things we didn't really talk well you talked briefly about the fight but those tanks looked really cool oh yeah those, they definitely did tanks I don't mm-hmm. it felt remind me of the hiss cobra tanks <laughs> from J. Joe. I know not exactly, but it just had that that sleek feel to it. I, yeah. I, I really like the design of those. I'm not sure how they made those, you know, but uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, uh, so, like I was mentioning, I really like that the people in the group ended up dying off on like this one on the way to get with Wesker. But um, one part that bugged me was, um, so Wesker puts the big blades in reverse at one point and it yes. starts sucking the group into the fan. So one person gets sucked in. That was uh, Ruby that you were talking about. Oh, um, Ruby. And then he turns it off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that makes no sense. If he would have kept with it, surely the entire group eventually would have been sucked in there. Like, why would he stop? What is the character's motivation to stop that there? Like, it's eventually, a really dumb decision and it doesn't make sense. And I, like, there is no motivation to do that. Eventually, like, they'll get tired. Yeah. And they're going to let go and they're exactly. going to go get sucked in the pan. I don't get that either. I'm like, wow, you're a really bad, bad guy. Right. Exactly. Keep that sucker on. Oh, but uh, you know, maybe it's because of the the fluctuating power in the pit. You know how the lights would go on and would go off. Oh, so maybe yeah. That's it. That could be. That could be. Uh, that, that to me that would make sense. Yeah, that, it would. you know, you're right. It, you would have to turn it off after so long. You know. Right. But what I didn't get though is why the dog stopped chasing them. That well, yeah, was the like, plot hole. Well, I mean, they jump into the water, and the dogs. Some of them like follow because they don't realize it's the end of the road, but some of them. Once they realize that, like, they're just about to jump into a, like, into their death, basically, I, this, I think is why they stopped. But, but don't they f- find another way down into the pit and then they, they run after them until they get to a certain entryway to the actual hive and then they just stop and turn around? Or am I imagining that? Oh, no, you're right. And they do because they're, they, Mila does explain that though. She says, well, maybe they're afraid of something and they're like, what? A big fan? And then, yeah, what's there? Nothing. No, it's just a there, fan, isn't it? There was nothing there. That's really weird. I thought when it I happened, I thought for sure, oh, here comes like a, a liquor or something. Yeah. But you're right. I don't there. think there was anything. <laughs> That's really stupid. They're just afraid of fans. <laughs> <laughs> fans are fucking terrified. My dog's terrified of a vacuum. So, I mean, hey. Oh, you want to fuck him up, get a Roomba. And it's and just <laughs> never stops chasing. I want to get one of those, but I guarantee she'd eat it. So, I'm like, no, nah, we're not going to get one. They're expensive <laughs> as hell. But... um. Okay, so I talked about that one. What else? So, we talked about the special effects. I think they were fantastic this time around. Um, Can we talk about something else that's stupid? Yeah. Um, so, are there any air ducts? Mm-hmm. And some of the air ducts are like trap doors. Oh, yeah. But not just the floor, but the sides. <laughs> right. Who designs that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. What? I, I, what was the... Ugh. Do you have to Why order that feature that? Or, or, right. or what? It just to, to me, again, it's like, oh, of course, it's like an ex, it's like an ex machina, right? Or were they just, you know, it's like, what's the term they use to solve a fucking plot Anyways. Oh, oh Deus Ex Machina? Yeah, I know you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, So I'm like, of, of course, it, it you know, the, the the walls collapse so that you can fall into a hole, into a trap. And right. It just, it's just dumb stuff like that. And I'm thinking like, I'm palm facing my, my head. Uh, at the at the at the screening, I'm like, this is so fucking dumb. Like, obviously, <laughs> it does that because that's what umbrella does. Yeah. You can't because tr- who would actually go in the air duct to begin with? So right. why is that door collapsable? It just exactly. oh, 
So stupid. Come on, Sony. You're better than this. See, that's what I was wondering as I was watching. I kind of just explained it off because I was like, I was curious, like, are we in the air ducts or are we in something else? Because and then the trap door happened and it's like, oh, well, I don't think it's the air ducts. I think I'm just wrong. But no, it was the air ducts, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Like, I just, yeah, why? Why? <laughs> I just don't know. And that's that's a sad thing. Yeah. It's like, it, it's there just because we need to move the story ahead. Yeah. There's no practical use to that. <laughs> right. Oh, you know, uh, so I'm getting toward the end of my notes here, but I actually had this earlier up and I really want to talk about it because I think it's such an important aspect of this entire series. So okay. I wish they wouldn't have, quote unquote, Hollywoodized the ending and would have let Alice make the final sacrifice to save what was left of mankind. I was so disappointed that Anderson didn't have the balls to let her die there. Um, but yeah. frankly... I, I, and I would put money on this. I'd bet money that it was the studio's decision and not his because everything leading up to that po- up to that pointed to her dying at the end of this film. And when she didn't, it was basically just explained off as, uh, I don't know, you just didn't. I mean, that was basically the explanation. I mean, I know the Red Queen says, oh, something about her cells and blah, blah, blah. But I, really, it was just like, oh, you didn't die. And that's why you didn't die. Just because you didn't. It's like, like she's the only person that can bond the T-virus correctly, but now the T-virus misses in the air to kill it. Yeah. So now your cells are back to normal again. I'm like, what? Right. No. That, she, she should have had the hero's death at the end. Exactly. At the end of a six movie saga. I know. It would have been know. the pr- – oh, I would have been like – I just – I really wished that they didn't have to make it a happy ending like that. I agree. You, you know what else sucks? Hmm. So, okay, the first Resident Evil movie, they talk about an antivirus, right? Yeah. It's a green vial. Yeah. Um, it's used in the second one. So, there is a cure. Mm-hmm. Was there any mention of it in three and four? It's like, it seems like they talk about it in one and two. And then the rest is just Umbrella versus, you know, the, the survivors. And then six, oh, that, that virus, uh, that, that antivirus, now it's aerosol canned. It's so, now it's in the mist yeah. form. Right. So I'm like, why couldn't they do that earlier? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like, it seems like that completely, the whole anti-vi- the antivirus thing kind of died after the second one. Mm-hmm. And then you don't mention it again till till the end. Like, oh yeah, we can save humanity now. All 4,000 of you. <laughs> you know? See that, yeah. And it's just, that's going back to the whole addition of like the Alicia, which we haven't even talked about really at all. That storyline and just... It gets tossed in here because that's the, I guess, this the way they want to end this. And the only way to make this ending make sense is by making these things, is shoehorning these things in. Yeah. It felt like that again. Um, and, and obviously we find out the, that Alice is a clone. Yeah. So we've been watching a clone the entire series. And honestly, that works for me because even in the first film, the only memories she has are of the recent time of her in the mansion. And they say that that's when they created her to put her in the mansion. And so frankly, the fact that she's a clone, it actually worked for me. It made sense. Um, do I like it? No, I obviously I didn't want Alice to be a clone, yeah. but I, it makes sense. And that's the reason why the, the clones of her clone never really worked because you can't clone a clone. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. You know, like it, if she was a clone the whole time, though, and her original owner, who obviously could bond to the T-virus because the clone can, 
Um, why didn't they just draw more blood out of the original host then? Like, unthaw her and take out some blood to create... Like, like Umbrella had her frozen the whole time. Yeah. So, some of the, some of the uh, movies were all about getting her blood so they can, you know, get mm-hmm. a serum going. Yeah. Well, she was there the whole time in, in the hive, you know? So, why not unthaw her, grab some blood... And then put her back in cryo again. But I mean, instead of, instead of watching, hunting this fucking elite clone the whole time, we're watching clones. Though the only thing who's not a clone is Wesker, right? Out of Umbrella, and so maybe uh, they just don't know, or I, I don't know. Isaac would have known, right? His Wouldn't clone? He? I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was pissed that Isaac's uh, was back and that he was a clone in the third movie mm-hmm. because. Um, I thought he had a good death and I thought he was a great bad guy. Like, I'm glad he was back. But at yeah. the same time, I thought him returning cheapened him in the third movie. Right. Because he was already a clone that kept injecting himself. I don't know. I, I have so many issues with this film. Uh, it's, uh, I might have to watch it again. Because yes. and I and I will because I am going to buy this one because I bought all the other five. So right, yeah, and I'll buy this one in 3D so I can watch it in 3D at home and see if and not how see I like him. But yeah. yeah. But so like, you know, a lot of complaints, but overall, I actually thought it was okay. Like I liked the way, man, what am I trying to say? I know I kind of liked the way everything wrapped up, I guess. Um, and it might just be a more, I'm more glad that it's just done at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I enjoyed a, a number of the aspects, you know, I was having fun while I was watching it. And so that's always a positive thing because I feel like that's all the only thing you can do with the series is if you're having fun, good. If you're not, then stop watching, you know, because um, they're not deep by any stretch of the imagination. And obviously, there are a ton of plot holes and things aren't tying together well, especially because this movie came out five years after the last one. Um, yeah. But I still was enjoying some of it and kind of that whole ending where Alice saves the world. That's that's fun. But man, I just wish... I wish there's like a different way they could have told the story that would have made it one feel more connected to the rest of the youth series up to this point, and two, um, made it be more impactful, I guess, at the end, especially if they had Allison, I mean, Alice, Alice die as opposed to having her survive and be yeah. a clone and introducing Alicia. And it's like, ugh. So, do you have anything else to add, or you want to talk about final thoughts and star rating? Uh, I, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to have to say about this movie. So yeah, let's go through final thoughts. Okay, so what uh, what were your final thoughts for Resident Evil: The Final Chapter, and what is your star rating for this one? Um, so my final thoughts is I thought uh, plot wise it was a mess. Um, I thought visually uh, it was muddy as well in in a good portion of the scenes. Um, if you take the logic away and you take the story away. Um, it had some cool action scenes. Um, it's not my least favorite. It's not my top favorite. Uh, I would probably have to give this, uh, I'd say two out of. Okay. Yeah. And what did you give? Two. Retribution. You gave that a one. Yeah, I, I like this more than Retribution and more than Afterlife. Oh, okay. Um, so you know, what? you want me to go with my my series rating or my series? Uh, uh, not yet. We are okay. going to, we'll do that, but wait a minute, um, okay. because I want to kind of go through our our awards thing here, and then we'll sure. go through that. Okay. Um, so 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, we have very similar feelings about this one. Um, so Resident Evil, the final chapter, it, it feels like the end of Alice's story. Um, I just wish they would have done what they were promising throughout the whole film and let Alice sacrifice herself for the good of humanity. Can this series continue? Sure. Uh, but I don't think Alice will be involved if it did. And I don't want her to be involved if it did. I would yeah. be interested in seeing another film set in this world, but following a different character. Hell, it could even be Claire's story. Um, and, and by the way, where the hell's her brother? They never mention him once, do they? Well, never mention him once? Never mention Ada once? Right, yeah. Just um, another one never, of those people that they never mention. They never mention Leon once? The girl that uh, they saved? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, shit, even, even the girl from, uh, from number two. You know, right. Jill Valentine's never mentioned either. Um, Kmart <laughs> disappears in the series too. Kmart's never mentioned. Well, I'm assuming Kmart died on the died. boat. Yeah, um, exactly. But I'm assuming because it was never mentioned. Exactly. And that's what we have to do is assume with a lot of the shit in this series at this point. But yeah. so, uh, you know, as an action film it was a pretty fun ride if you turn your brain off. But if you've been watching through these films in such close order like we have, that's a bit difficult to do. And then all the plot holes and incons- inconsistencies start to add up. And that's what was happening here while I was watching. I-, I was enjoying it and I liked the final send off for Alice, but it's clear why there's a five year gap between this one and Retribution. Um, Alice's story has just run out of steam. So mm-hmm. while this is definitely a more enjoyable and better film than Retribution, it's still not a great movie by any stretch and one that I could have easily waited for the Blu-ray to go see. So I will give Resident Evil, the final chapter, two and a half out of four stars. All right. So, yeah. Um, so one thing that we, I, we do for a series that we have on the website on Cinefessions.com for a series review is we do what we call the, the, uh, the CSRs, the Cinefession Series uh, Awards, the CSAs, excuse me. No, CSAR Awards. So the Cinefession Series Review Awards. Yes. So we name best picture, worst picture, favorite scene or moment in the series, best actor and best actress. And so that's what we're going to do now. Um, we'll get Ash's take on this next week, um, which I don't think he will have seen final chapter. So he'll probably just be talking, including the five films as opposed to the six. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't be for certain because I haven't talked with him and see if he has seen it. But so starting off with uh, best picture, Mark, I, I bet you I know I can bet I can guess what your best picture is. And it's probably the same as mine. Oh. Okay, uh, go for it. Uh, Resident Evil Extinction. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think three... that's the strongest. Yeah, me too. That was by far the strongest, the nicest looking. Mm-hmm. Um, it made the most sense for a zombie apocalypse film. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. By far, number three was the best for me. Okay. And then um, worst picture. I, I'm not sure. I know it's going to be one of two, but I don't know which one you're going to go with. Um, I'll say mine. Uh, would have to be Resident Evil Retribution without a doubt for me. Uh, just a pointless film. Literally could have skipped it entirely and would have not missed anything in the series. Yeah, same for me as well. Yeah. Um, as much as, you know, I like the idea of it, um, it's an idea that really didn't, didn't need to hatch. Um, Alice herself does not need anybody to save her. <laughs> right. Um, she didn't need those guys to escape uh, the uh, Umbrella uh, facility. The movie did nothing to um, to pr- propulse the storyline in any way, shape, or form, um, it's the equivalent of running uh, in uh, in you know just running in uh, in your own spot 
uh, warming up for a run, you know, and just jogging motion. Yeah, um, absolutely. Or you, you know what I mean? Like jogging in, in, in you know, we're not jogging, but you're just like hopping from <laughs> foot to foot. <laughs> I can't think of the word right now. Jogging in, in jogging place. Jogging in place. Jogging in place. There yes. we go. Yeah. You're on a treadmill. Yeah. So uh, to me, yeah, uh, by far the worst film was number five, uh, Retribution. Yeah. Um. So favorite scene or moment in the series uh which film is it coming from for you uh for me actually it will come from um afterlife and i think we both have the same scene in, in uh, mind here oh okay um, the bathroom I'm, scene bath uh, the shower the shower the shower scene, scene. Excuse yeah. Me, yeah it sounds sexy it's not sexy i right um, not at all yep with the axemen fight scene between alice claire and the axemen i thought that was my favorite scene in the whole series Yep, I would uh, agree with that wholeheartedly. I love that one. Um, there were a couple that I really liked. That one, um, the scene in Resident Evil Extinction, the like the Las Vegas fight scene I loved. Um, yeah. Another one from Afterlife was the fight on the rooftop. Um, I really liked that one too. I thought that was really cool. Kind of like the first time we see the shotgun with the coins. I thought that's an mm-hmm. awesome scene. Um, but as a whole for me, that's probably my favorite. Another one that I just remembered um, that when I think of the Resident Evil series, a couple scenes stand out. The first one has to be the Axeman fight scene uh, in the shower. The second one has to be the scene in the first film with the grid, like the laser grid. Oh, sure. That one, those two scenes, I mean, it really could you know, be a toss up between either of them, but I'll give the nod to Axeman in the shower. Since he revisited, revisited that corridor grid scene yeah. three times i find I it kind of loses its impact a bit yep that's true um one scene that uh is minor but i really enjoyed a lot mm-hmm. which would probably not be my number one if it wasn't for the shower scene yeah um is when um uh, uh michelle rodriguez's character turns zombie for the first time Oh, when they're okay. In the, they're in the train car, or I guess the train engine, and you know she's she's asleep or she dies, and then she wakes up with the with the contacts in her eyes, and she's uh, gnawing with her with her mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig that scene. I thought she looked really cool, and um, and that, that that's one scene that actually you know makes me think of Resident Evil. Like this, that scene would be you know a great scene to to tie the series together. You yeah. know. So yeah, uh, it's really those two that uh, that come to mind. But the shower scene was number one. Yeah, very cool. All right, so uh, best actor. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it would have to be um, Ian Glenn. I thought he was he's fantastic, and specifically, I would give it. I would give him the award for his work in the final chapter. Um, I okay. think he does the most interesting work here because he's playing both that uh, like religious zealot and. Um, the real Dr. Isaacs, you know, I think he does such a great job with both roles. They feel different, which is awesome. Uh, he does such an excellent job with it. So I definitely give it to Ian Glenn's Dr. Isaacs from, uh, final chapter. What about you? I really enjoyed Odette Fair in the series, um, who played Carlos in, uh, in Apocalypse. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then became, uh, was her husband in, um, in Retribution. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I really dug him in the movie, and plus it was an extension as well. So he'd be my uh, my uh, nomination for best actor. Awesome, and then best actress. Obviously, we would both give this award to Mila. Uh, Mila. 
Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what's somebody that's not Mila? <laughs> Best actress excluding Mila. Um, I, I think we're probably going to be uh, in agreement in this one. Yeah, I'll give it sure. to Ali, Ali Larder. Yep. Yeah. I thought she you know, was great in this series. Um, and for me, if I'm picking a specific film, it would have to be um, Extinction. I thought she too. was the best in Extinction. Yeah, those mirrored sunglasses looked really good on her in the desert yeah. sun. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she looked she looked pretty fresh there. Mm-hmm. So there it is. That's the first time we've actually done the, the CSR Awards on the podcast. So Best Picture, we pretty much agree with everything except for Best Actor. So Best Picture was Extinction. Worst Picture was Retribution. Uh, best scene in the moment was the Axeman fight from um, Afterlife. Yeah. Uh, best actor, uh, I, I said Ian Glenn from Final Chapter. Uh, Mark, you said, uh, say his name again. Uh, Oded Fair. Oded Fair. Um, which specifically, which film? Any of them? Honestly, I think it's an amalgamation of everything, yeah, but okay. I'd probably go with Extinction as well. Okay. Yeah. And then um, best actress, obviously Mila for her work, which is fantastic throughout the entire series. Yeah. Um, and then Ali Larder from Extinction. So, yeah, I don't think there'd be six movies in the series if it wasn't for Mila Jovovich. Right. I, I like. She I can't was... believe you fucked that up all the time after don't, the don't, shit don't, you were given. You, know, don't, don't, <laughs> you, you like to hit me every time I make a mistake. <laughs> I am now not uh, mailing these trophies to anybody. <laughs> so fuck you. I'm having all the chocolate. Oh man, these things are heavy too. <laughs> Okay, so there it is. That is our Resident Evil arc. Now, we are not done with the Resident Evil series. Like I said, we have a bonus type episode for you. So episode 81 will actually be reviewing both of the Resident Evil animated films. So Resident Evil Degeneration from 2008 and Resident Evil Damnation from 2012. I may have mixed up those years, but... I've got Resident Evil Degeneration X. (laughs) I'm not sure if it's different. Oh, man. There's a lot of uh, uh, cock chops, I guess. Yes. A lo- a lo- <laughs> There's a lot of Bronco Busters. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, as we mentioned, we are actually going to wait until episode 81. So next week to talk about round 17 of the best in the backlog challenge, I will be talking about insidious chapter three, Mark, um, you will be talking about, um, uh, no telling telling. and, uh, Ash will be talking about hard candy. And Mm. so we'll just, it just makes most sense for us to talk about all of those next week because I can't fit in another film <laughs> before uh, before yeah, I go on vacation. So time's tight this exactly. week. So. so what does that leave us? Well, we had a poll going on on the website. And so we're going to talk about that. So let's talk about what our next arc is going to be, which this arc will actually begin. Let me pull up my calendar on march 3rd because obviously we will be off there will be no episode released on the 24th of february so this arc is going to begin march 3rd so first things first we really want to thank every single one of you who voted in our poll to help determine which distributor we were going to spend the next five weeks with so we had a goal set for ourselves on the number of votes we were hoping to get and you guys allowed us to actually beat that goal so thank you so much for that um as for the results well it was about as close as you could possibly get, which was really exciting to watch as it went down to the wire. Um, there was one vote separating the three, um, but we do have a winner. So the distributor that won and that we are going to be spending the next um, arc with is going to be 
Scream Factory. Yeah, I know I, I cut you off with the drum roll, but that's okay. It's going to be that's Scream true. Factory. So Scream yes. Factory won the poll with thirty five point three percent of the vote. Second place was Draft House Films, which received thirty three point three percent of the vote, and Vinegar Syndrome uh, came in third with thirty one point four percent of the vote. So that's I mean, crazy. frankly, yeah, we literally could have gone with any of these, and it would have been just fine. Um, and eventually, maybe we will. And that's what I was just going about to say. So even though Scream Factory <laughs> won this time out. <laughs> No, no, that's fine. I, I don't think that means that Draft House Films and Vinegar Syndrome are out. It just means that Scream Factory is going to be the first one that we cover. I want to do these periodically because I think it's so important because I we we love collecting. Ash isn't a huge collector. He's very about all about the digital, which is awesome. Um, but Mark and I are huge collectors and we love doing it. And there's specific companies that we sp- love collecting from. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's I'm so excited to finally get to um, highlight one of these. Um, and so we definitely plan on doing this more, uh, maybe not this year, maybe next year, but, uh, you know, just because the other two didn't win this time doesn't mean we're not going to cover them. So, um, you know, thank you guys for voting. If you are, if you retweeted any of my tweets, thank you. Um, if you liked any of our Instagram posts or our Facebook posts, thank you. Anything you did to help get the vote out there. Thank you so much. It was really successful. Um, and we're really excited, um, to now get to spend the next five episode arc with the scream factory. So what does that mean? What films are we covering? So uh, the first three weeks are, are uh, films that we've chosen. Mark, Ash, and myself have chosen. Week four, if you guys remember, uh, we're doing the Oscar challenge amongst the three of us on the podcast as well. And we're actually going to talk about our picks next week. Um, and whoever does the best out of the three of us and again, we haven't watched any of these films that are being nominated for, <laughs> for these no awards. Time. So. No time. <laughs> I know. And so this is just gut instinct and just for the hell of it, just for fun. Whoever wins that gets to pick um, whichever film they want for week four. But week five is actually falling back to you guys, our listeners. And so there is going to be another poll that goes up and you will see it up probably next week some point. And it'll run for probably two or two weeks or so, three weeks or so, whatever the case is. I don't know. Um, And uh, there'll be three options on there that you guys get to pick from. And so whatever you p- choose is going to be the, the week five film that we discuss. So let's talk about week one, two, and three first, and then I'll tell you what options you guys have to choose from for the poll. So week one is going to be uh, one of the Scream Factory Collector's Editions, which as you guys probably remember from me talking in the past, I'm actually uh, trying to collect all of the collector's editions of the Scream Factory releases. Um, and so I owned the vast majority of them, and this is one I own. So this one um, is actually a pick from Ash. We are doing uh, 1981's The Howling, which, frankly, I am really excited for. It's a film that I've always heard so much about, and I've never seen it. So I'm really excited to finally get to see The Howling. Have you seen The Howling, Mark? I didn't ask you. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen quite a few times. Okay. Excellent. So, um, Fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure Ash has seen it. I know Ash has seen it multiple times because he's talked about it in the past, too. Um, and so I'm excited to watch The Howling. So that'll be week one. So again, that'll be, um, that episode will release March 3rd, that Friday, March 3rd. Um, week two is going to be Mark's pick. Um, and I'm excited for this one because I never watch any films like this. And it's so, I feel like different than what we've been, what we normally talk about on here. And it really falls into the cult category that we don't, I feel like we don't hit on nearly enough. You know, uh, we say that we specialize in horror, sci-fi and cult media. Um, and this one really falls into the cult and it is Ninja three, the domination from 1984. Yes. What made you choose this one? Um, the poster. 
Yeah. <laughs> I bought the poster before I saw the film. Okay. I've seen the film once. I want to revisit it. Yeah. Um, it's so cool. And again, big 80s nerd. Right. Um, so this hits me in all the right spots. It's awesome. I'm hoping I'll hit you in all your spots too. I hope so. I get those spots ready. <laughs> <laughs> And then week three is going to be my pick. Um, and actually, believe it or not, I'm not choosing one of the collector's editions. Um, I'm actually choosing uh, from 2001, a psychological horror film, I guess is uh, the genre it would fall into, and a movie that I absolutely adore and I'm so excited to talk about on the podcast. It's going to be 2001's Session 9. Uh, Mark, I know you've seen this one, right? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about that one. Um, I have not seen it in quite a while. So I know this one is doesn't get talked about enough. I know it always falls on people's like under underrated list or under the radar lists. It's and, so uh, good. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I'm really excited. There's so much going for it. I feel like it's going to be a really juicy one to talk about, really exciting to talk about that one. So um, yeah, so my pick will be Session 9 from 2001. Um, and then week four obviously is to be announced as is week five. But we also have some poll options for you guys for week five so you guys get to decide between these three films uh, and that'll be the fifth and final film that we discuss for the scream factory arc the first one is 1982's cat people which is um mark's second choice Mm, meow (laughs) another one both of us have not seen we both own and they're both have them in shrink wrap still so uh be a good one to watch so I'm very excited. Oh, good. Um, the next, yeah. The next option would, was um, Ash's second option, and this is Dark Summer from 2015. And that's actually the only film of uh, that Scream Factory – of, of these options, the only film uh, of like the newer picks. Um, yeah. One, What is it? IFC released it with it, right? Yeah, IFC yeah. Midnight. IFC Midnight, yeah. So this is Dark Summer from 2015. Um, and then my second option would be uh, 1980 Slasher, starring Jamie Lee Curtis that I have not seen, actually. And that would be Terror Train. So you guys get to choose our final option for the um, Scream Factory arc. And it's mm-hmm. going to be Cat People, Dark Summer, or Terror Train. So again, that poll will be up on the website uh, very soon. So make sure you check it out there. It's going to be in the same place that the last one was. So I'm hoping to get... Uh, just as much um, participation in that poll as we did with our uh, distributor arc poll. So uh, again, thank you guys for helping us to st- helping us choose Scream Factory as our first ever um, distributor that we are going to highlight here on the Cinefessions podcast. So I am super fucking stoked, man. I love Scream Factory, and I'm really excited to talk about all the special features that come with these. Um, the quality of the releases and let you know if it's worth your money, which I think is so important because these things can be so damn expensive uh, and we own them. So we need to let you guys know if it's worth it. So thank you again. I'm excited to sell. And thank you for interacting with our polls. (laughs) I enjoy it a lot. Oh God. Yes, you do. You often send me pictures of your face while that's happening. And I appreciate that. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So that is going to be that for this week. So remember, next week, we uh, weren't planning on having another pictures. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So next week, we weren't planning on doing an episode, but we are going to be right back at you with a review of 
it's going to be a double feature, in fact. So a review <laughs> of Resident Evil Damnation and Resident Evil Degeneration, both the animated films in the Resident Evil series. So look forward to that next Friday. What is that date? February 17th, it has to be. Yep. Yes, so. the 17th. Fantastic. Now, if you guys have a question for the three of us here at the Cinefessions Podcast, please hit us up using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all those questions. We'd love to answer them here on the show, um, and we'll do our best to answer every single one of them. We do have one in queue, but we're going to wait for next week for that one, so all three of us are here to answer it. Um, and again, make sure you tweet at us using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust. If for some reason you're not on Twitter, call us at one 402 talk or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any question of the week options. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it might be that you're listening to us. Positive reviews help us uh, reach a broader and larger audience, which is always the goal. So we really appreciate you guys taking the time to leave us that review. Um, and remember, you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with you guys there. Um, you can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all three of those platforms. And also, Mark, where else can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Mark with a C underscore Nado. So it's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. As well on Instagram, it's uh, mnado 2 uh, it's a M-N-A-D-E-A-U-02. Uh, my Facebook right now is private. I'm debating on opening it up. Oh. Um, I just don't know if I want more political stuff in my feed. <laughs> but you know what, though? If you are, uh, if you want to add me as a friend, let me know that you're a Cinefessions listener because yeah. I got a lot of um, friend requests and I have no clue who these people are. Mm-hmm. And most of them are porn bots. Right. <laughs> so show me that you're human and that you listen and I will gladly add you on. Hell yeah. Excellent. And you can always find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1, P-S-Y-M-A-N-1. Uh, last but not least, please visit Cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars so you can have your chance at winning a $20 Amazon gift card. And remember, as just announced earlier on this episode, if... Bullshit. <laughs> if when we announce the winner... For this $20 gift card, if I go onto iTunes and see that you have left us a review on whichever iTunes store it is that you use, hopefully, uh, actually, it doesn't matter. We only have one review on iTunes US, so I'd love to see more there. But if you're listening to us in Canada, in the UK, in China, wherever, leave it on your iTunes store. That's perfectly acceptable. If I see that you've left us a review, I don't care if it's positive or negative, obviously, but I hope it's positive. (laughs) But if you've left us a review there, then I will double your winning from a $20 Amazon gift card to a $40 Amazon gift card against the better wishes of my co-host, Mark. Just throwing money away. Just throwing money away. Whatever. (laughs) Oh, man. So that's going to be that. So even with Ash being off today, we still managed to talk for over two hours. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm actually quite surprised. I I thought we'd have a short and sweet one. I did too because the different format of reviewing this week's (laughs) film, I didn't know if it would go as long as it did, but uh, it was was definitely a lot of fun. So, all right. I want to thank you, Mark, for joining me tonight. As always, it was a blast. Well, thank you, Brendan, for having me. Absolutely. I'm always looking forward to our chats. Hell yeah. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the 80th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, In film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 